Kong's your daddy. Who's your daddy? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Troublesome Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Magic Mike. <laughs> oh, that, no, mm, let's not, no, can we not, can we not refer to me as Magic Mike? Because this that, is, that... I, I'm just going to throw this out there. This is episode 69. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, moving on. Moving um, on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we have had a really busy week, and oh, I'm both exhausted. of us, yeah, both of us are exhausted. Uh, so we both took a trip down to see uh, Godzilla versus Kong in theaters in IMAX. We met up with some of our podcast friends from the Monsters vs. Men and JR from uh, the Drift Space podcast. And yeah, it's been it's been a busy week. Yeah, it has been, and it, but it's been fun. Um, like the, the my drive down. Well, we probably get into this later on when we talk about the movie itself. But uh, my drive down was long and boring, but it was still good. Um, you know, I I needed a good uh, road trip to clear my head. So yeah, I was really thankful for it, but it was a lot of fun. It was good uh, getting to meet uh, some of our favorite people in person. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice getting to see uh, Eric and Alex in person, finally getting to see uh, JR getting to see everybody. It was just, it was, it was really, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm just super exhausted. I need a vacation from my vacation. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well buddy uh i mean i think we i think we're all just sort of uh burnt out uh now with now that the movie is out and everyone are is seeing it and and talking about it um i think everyone i, I think i'm i'm i can probably safely speak for a lot of people it's like we're just kind of relieved and we're all just burnt out at this point. Uh, but it's good. I mean, it's good times. It's good time to be a fan because a lot of stuff going on. So oh, yeah. uh, let's speaking of a lot of stuff going on, there's a ton of news to get into. So uh, would you like to cue the beady beady? For the first time in over a month, we can cue the beady beady. Finally. So, all right, let's cue the beady beady. Uh, and just to let everyone know, yes, this episode is going to be a long one because this is our Godzilla versus Kong extravaganza special mega episode. Yeah! If anyone can see, no one can see me right now, but I'm doing the, uh, the Kermit, Kermit, Kermit the frog, <laughs> um, uh, gif where he's like, yeah. And so because of that, we're probably going to have this episode is probably going to be longer than the actual movie <laughs> of Godzilla versus Kong. I mean, look, the, the, the movie was a breezy hour and 50 minutes, hour and 53 minutes. I mean, yeah. I I thought so. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so 
getting into the news, the first bit of news is Godzilla vs. Kong has smashed all box office expectations. Now, we talked about this when Jack and JR from the Drift Space podcast were on our episode a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. Uh, the, the forecast uh, had this movie at $23.7 million. Uh, mm -hmm. based on pre-sales and a bunch of other projections. The actual domestic earnings for this movie was 48.5. That is more than double what the projection was. Yeah. And uh, it's more at this point than Wonder Woman, right? As yes. Far as, yeah, as, far, it, as far as a pandemic era movie release. Right. The worldwide total of uh, of its opening has been for uh, was at two eighty five point four million dollars, making mm -hmm. it the largest opening since the covid pandemic began. So this is the largest movie opening in probably about 16 months. Yeah, I mean, and this is something that I think uh, it was me it, when me, you and Eric and Alex were kind of talking about in the parking lot after the movie. Mm -hmm. um, it was sort of like it, 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 it's sort of like perfect timing. Either they knew what they were doing or it was just a happy accident. Either way, um, I'm surprised. Um, like I. Uh, I wasn't quite sure like how well this movie was going to be received. And I'm pleasantly surprised that people seem to be flocking to the theaters and to X and to HBO max in droves to watch yeah. this one. It's, it's crazy. The, the amount of buzz this movie is getting. We, when we talked about it with, uh, with Jack and, and JR, we were talking about like, Oh yeah. You know, I think all of us said we were thinking it might do a little bit better than what the projections were, but to do more than double what mm -hmm. the forecast, what the projections were is right. amazing. And th these numbers, this 23 points or not 23, the 48.5 million and 285.4 million. These numbers are only box office. That is not counting HBO max. That is not counting the VOD mm -hmm. in the UK and other parts of Europe. Uh, and, and so that is not counting those numbers. And that's what, yeah, like we were saying that me and you and Eric and Alex were talking about this after the movie, the, and I think this is just amazing that in a, in a time when this movie is accessible to most people at home, the <clears> fact <throat> that it can still do these big numbers at the theater and in the, you know, in the theater just shows that the movie industry is not dying. It's not dead. Even during a pandemic, it's not dead. People want to go to the movies mm -hmm. to experience these movies when they, even when they have a choice to watch yeah. it at home, there's still enough people willing to go to the movie theater to make, to financially make it a success. And I think yeah. that's really great. Uh, so I mean, it's, 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 it kind of lends credence to what I was talking, what you and I were talking about. I think it was a couple episodes back uh, when I mentioned that I honestly believe that people were just genuinely starved for some big budget Hollywood blockbuster, like just some, just some form of entertainment to go and watch and escape uh, for a little while. I think people were genuinely starved for that. And that's, and I think that we're, we're seeing fruits of that as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so, um, and, and we'll get into it more when we talk about the movie, but I, 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 
mentioned on Twitter how I think this kind of highlights a, a fact that we we all know, but it's that people like to use films as as a form of escapism. And when mm -hmm. things are difficult, when there's you know difficulties going on in the world, the film industry is there as an escape route, as a way for us to you know escape from the the pressures and stuff of life. And uh, and in that way, Godzilla versus Kong kind of serves the same purpose that. King Kong in 1933 did because mm, in exactly. 1933 they were going through the Great Depression and having a movie about a giant ape on an island full of dinosaurs that gets taken to New York yeah. was a form of escapism and now because you know because that that film was intended just to be an action adventure film that mm -hmm. people could just go and be entertained for however I think that's a pretty long I think King Kong 33 is a pretty long movie it's almost I think like an hour and 80 or an um it's like an hour and like 45 minutes something like that i can't remember what the official runtime of 33 is so anyone out there who know who 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 just realized that i was dead wrong please correct me king kong 1933 has a runtime of two hours and five minutes okay so it, it's a pretty long, i feel like that's a really long movie for 1933 yeah yeah for for not having a um not having a a, a break in the middle like a um what do you call it intermission yeah mm -hmm. that was pretty pretty long but yeah it's it's uh so so I just I think that's interesting you know it's interesting to see the parallels between King Kong thirty three and now Godzilla versus Kong how we're you know the they're both these movies are used as a form of escape during very difficult times and yeah. people are are you know going to the theaters to enjoy that mm -hmm. um moving on to the next bit of news because we're going to talk about godzilla versus kong for the rest of the episode yeah. but let's move on um so we have some new images and new information about these uh three mobile games that toho has been working with uh uh it, to produce that are godzilla mobile games mm -hmm. so we have run godzilla which is now available uh, we have Godzilla Destruction, which actually is available now, too. At the time of me writing this down, it wasn't available, but it is now. Um, and Godzilla Battle Line, which will be released in May. I don't know much about these games. I just saw the announcement for them. They look fun, but if you're a game, like a mobile gamer, they look fun. They're definitely kind of like a low low skill kind of games like they don't i have them downloaded but i have not played them yet uh run godzilla looks to be the most um i don't know what is it i don't know what the best word to say low tech one mm -hmm. of them maybe uh godzilla battle line seems to be one of those um seems to be like one of those was one of those games where you collect the cards and you make your own teams out of these cards and uh similar to what was the game oh god what was it was it Godzilla Defense Force it kind of looks similar to um and then Godzilla Destruction just looks to be just a uh, uh romp and stomp through yeah. different cities and different things so yeah it's a smash um, em up game yeah, it's a smash em up game. I'm not a gamer, period. Um, and I'm not big on mobile games. So I this is not my 
area ex of expertise and definitely not appealing to me. But it is interesting that we are getting these Godzilla games. Yeah, I just I mean, I, uh, Godzilla Run is the only one I have downloaded. Uh, I don't have the other two yet. It's news. I wanted to put it in there. I wanted to mention sure. we acknowledge its existence. That's about it. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next bit of news, though, uh, we had some news about Shin Ultraman, the movie uh, that it, it was supposed to be coming out this year. Uh, it says Shin Ultraman has been delayed indefinitely indefinitely due to production difficulties from COVID-19 regarding the release of Shin Ultraman due to the effects of the coronavirus Shin Ultraman will not release in summer of 2021 as planned our staff members are working earnestly on the production we will keep you updated about the situation this comes from Subaraya's uh official Twitter account so we don't know when we're going to be getting Shin Ultraman now which is you know that that's a scary the the word indefinitely is a scary word because indefinitely doesn't sound like it just i don't know it just it just leaves so at least too many things open-ended like are we gonna get this okay so we're not gonna get this in the summer will we get it in the fall will we get it in the winter do we have to wait till 2022 um no one really knows and it's frustrating yeah. i understand it because if I'm not mistaken, even uh, wasn't even Ultraman Z uh, plagued with troubles due to mm -hmm. COVID. So, yep. yeah, it's not out of the question that you know something going on, something's going on behind the scenes that they couldn't they they could not finish production. Um, yeah, so hopefully, you know, there's not a whole lot to say here. It's it's disappointing. We were I know we were when we saw the trailers and everything, uh, we were all looking so forward to to watching this this summer um yeah so hopefully with you know everything kind of with co with with the vaccines and everything getting out into people's hands i don't know what the international i don't know what the international distribution is i i'm that is out of my wheelhouse no hopefully idea. uh things settle down uh hopefully things continue to settle down as far as that goes and we can get shin ultraman sooner rather than later yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. Sooner rather than later, but right now we just don't know. And uh, but we'll get it eventually. We'll get it in some way somehow eventually. Uh, mm. So we'll get to see it. It just may not be as soon as we hoped for. Um, so that's a little bit disappointing, but, uh, some good news though. Season two of Pacific Rim, the black was announced. Uh, a date has not been set for it yet. As far as I know, it just says coming soon, but mm -hmm. they did officially announce season two. I was under the impression that they already had season two locked in just by watching season one, yeah, but I'd apparently they didn't, they had didn't have it officially announced yet. So they officially announced it. But it's like, right. if you watch season one, the way that ends, it's like, no, no, there's definitely going to be more. <laughs> yeah. It ends in, it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like the Ultraman anime. It ends in such a way that, yeah, there's, there's going to be another one. Like yeah. even if they, even, I don't know if they were just kind of waiting to see what the reception would be. Uh, but they actually, you know, I'm, I'm happy that they announced season two pretty within short order of season one coming out. And, and honestly, season one was a lot of fun. I don't want to really get into much detail here because we will cover it. Right. Uh, we will cover it sooner rather than later, um, on the show, but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I can't wait to sit down and actually rewatch it again and then talk about it. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up the Ultraman uh, anime because we're still waiting 
for season two. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we we sure are, and I'm I, and I'm that was not. announced. That was announced, yeah. but we're yes. still waiting. <laughs> we're we're definitely still waiting, and actually, they've not given us a a reason. They've not given us a reason or even a timeline as to when we can expect season two. So, who knows? Um, you know, they're kind of keeping that kind of stuff pretty close to the vest. So, yeah. Uh, well, it was supposed to. It was supposed to come out last year. Um, but then COVID happened. And so that who knows what's happening now with the Ultraman. Cause it, I remember they announced an actual date for it was April of last year. And I was like, and then yeah, April of last year went for eight months. Uh, <laughs> right. So, so, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I am looking forward to seeing what direction the Pacific Rim, the black season two uh, goes. So that was just some fun announcement. Another fun little tidbit of news. That I just wanted to throw in here real quick was the directors of Godzilla 2014 Kong skull Island and Godzilla King of the monsters and Godzilla versus Kong officially reopened the TCL Chinese theaters, uh, which is the very famous Chinese theater in um, LA. Yeah. yeah, downtown Los Angeles. It's the one that has the the famous handprints and and signatures on out outside on the walkway and yes. stuff. Uh, they had a that that theater had been closed down because of COVID, but they officially reopened it. And when they did, they had a big ribbon cutting ceremony, and they invited uh, Adam Wingard, they invited Gareth Edwards, they invited um, Jordan. What was it Jordan Vote Roberts? Yes, uh, and. Which one am I forgetting? Michael Daughtery. Michael Daughtery. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I was like, I know I'm forgetting one. <laughs> um, uh, all there. And they had speeches and they had um, just a lot of fun. And like you can watch videos online on the Twitter on, on Twitter and stuff uh, of of the ceremony. And it was a lot of fun. The thing about this theater is it boasts the largest IMAX screen in the world. So it makes sense that this would be the place that they all went to to watch the like premiere of Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's, that's really cool. That's really, really cool that, um, that the first movie that they showed, um, at the reopening would, was Godzilla versus Kong. So yeah, that's, that's super cool. Yeah. As much as like, cause we're, we're in the, in the Godzilla fandom, we we're in this bubble. And so we all, treat this stuff as very important and significant but to remember that outside of the godzilla fandom most people don't view kaiju giant monster movies at least here in the west as all that important or interesting and, and kind of silly and dumb and the fact that that people are treating it significantly now because like hey you know everybody was expecting Tenet and and Christopher Nolan to save cinema back when it came out. Who would have guessed that Godzilla fighting a big monkey would be the one that <laughs> that saved cinema <laughs> and and like reopened a lot of these theaters and everything? Like people are starting to to recognize how important these films hey, are. Hey, I'm gonna throw this out here and love him or hate him. Uh, I don't. It doesn't really matter. I'm just going to kind of throw this out there. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, you know, the famous radio host, right. did say that, you know, Godzilla and Kong should get an honorary Oscar for save, for literally saving the, the movie industry. Just kind of yeah. just, just throwing out there. Yeah, yeah. I just, I love that mainstream people are actually starting to sit up and pay attention to this stuff because it's like, 
this this movie and these the fans and everything are doing things that other you know like cinephile type movies you know weren't able to do uh mm. so you know i just I, I i think that's interesting and it's just really nice to know that this theater uh still exists even if uh even after covid and after all this that the theater can still this you know this very historic theater can still be open and, and exist yeah for sure um so just well as of recording just yesterday uh was the 50th anniversary of common writer it mm-hmm. premiered in on april 3rd 1971 and to celebrate toei has announced a lot of new things coming down the pipeline uh right. for common writer including a new anime series that i am not even going to try to say the name of because it's a really weird name but it's a common writer anime series that's going to stream on funimation uh mm-hmm. and the they've had short like kind of like mini uh anime series before for common rider but not an actual full on uh anime based on common riders this is the first time they've actually done this uh yeah, it's, it's it's a few is it, I'm, I'm gonna i'm just gonna try to butcher it uh okay. a few futo pie yeah, Futo Pie is what I would say. I don't know. That's a that's weird. <laughs> yeah, it, um, is. <laughs> it is planned for release in summer of 2022. Uh, the story is canonically set after the events of Common Rider W, which is my favorite Common Rider series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm so happy to see this. It's also the most anime-ish uh, one I would think because it is it like it is like a live action anime as it is already. Um, and so it's going to follow private investigator Shotaro Hidari and the mysterious boy Philip and two strangers who become the two of those two who become the one common writer double or common writer W. So that's exciting. It's exciting that we're getting a common writer anime as a fan of common writer for me. Uh, it's, it's also exciting that it's going to be set in the common writer W like, continuity because that is my favorite common writer series so i'm just super excited for this do we know if this is going to get a western release or is this going to be uh is this like how are we how are we in the west going to be able to watch this i have no idea <laughs> they I, I mean this is it they say it's going to be available on funimation um to stream on funimation and the funimation app and and uh stuff is available in the west Okay. So I'm sure if it's going to stream on the Funimation app, then we're going to be able to see it. Because Funimation and, and Crunchyroll, those are the two like mainstream anime apps that you can get right now. Right. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have access to it. Probably, oh, okay. at, probably like the same time that they have in Japan. It'll be put on, it'll be put on Funimation here in, in, the, in the West. Okay, um, sounds sounds great. I don't have a, I don't have the fun I don't have the Funimation app, but I guess I'll have to uh, rectify that whenever the time comes because I'm sure you'll want to cover it. I will definitely want to cover it, but uh, but I I am <laughs> I am just excited because like again like I'm a huge Common Rider fan. I'm a huge Common Rider W fan. Uh, I do like anime. I'm not you know not the biggest fan of anime, but I do like some anime. Uh, and so this whole thing is just like 
just has my name written in bold red letters all over it. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of bold red letters, we have one more news item to cover uh, in sort of that common uh, writer vein. Yeah, so uh, there was another announcement that they made, and that is in 2023, a new Common Rider film will be released called Shin Common Rider. It will be the latest reimagining of one of Japan's most iconic heroes, uh, the Evangelion <clears throat> creator and Shin Godzilla director, uh, Hideaka, Hideaki Anno, will be at the helm. According to Anno, it's been six years since the idea of the project was first created. Uh, he added that because of COVID-19, the release schedule has been pushed out two years and asked fans to wait. Uh, and, you know, he's also the one that's writing for Shin Ultraman. So, you know, this is he's he's involved in all of the uh, the Shin Ultraman. He directed Shin Godzilla. Now he's involved in Shin Kamen Rider. Um the uh, but Anno said that he's working hard to make an entertaining film that can be enjoyed even by those who aren't familiar with Common Rider. So that's exciting. We're going to get a new reimagining of Common Rider in film form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's super exciting because I this one came uh, this one kind of came out of the blue. I uh, I woke up one day this week. I think it was was it Thursday? Was it Thursday or Friday that we? Um, I think it was Friday. Was it Friday? Okay. Yeah, I woke up on Friday and looked at my social media feed. And honestly, I thought this was sort of a joke or sort of a, a sort of a spoof, but looked into it. And uh, yeah, so, so, so yeah, it's for real. We're going to be getting Shin Common Rider, and, you know, not much is known about it so far. I'm assuming they're going to go back to the original lore and the original story similar to what you know they did with shin godzilla and what they're doing with uh, uh shin ultraman shin ultraman <clears throat> mm -hmm. and just kind of reimagining that with some new visuals and yeah it should be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to it uh it's a shame we gotta wait i know i know i know i know it's like you got like good things come to those who wait but it's a shame we have to wait all the way into 2023 to actually get it yeah, yeah. Now, this is not the first time that we've had Common Rider movies. Um, we've had a couple of short movies right. before. We've had Common Rider Zetto, Common uh, Rider J. We had, uh, we even talked about on the podcast, Common Rider the First, which right. was kind of a modern retelling of the original lore of Common Rider. Um, they also did have in the 90s a Shin Common Rider movie. Uh, and people, a few people have asked me, what does this mean since there's already a Shin Kamen Rider? Why are they doing another Shin Kamen Rider? And really, I think that's, that's more of just because we're English speaking people mm -hmm. and we're not as familiar with Japanese, the Japanese language, because I think if you speak Japanese, the word Shin really is more understood as kind of like a, uh, new or or reboot or reimagining. Um, that's how I understand of, it. That's how I kind of understand it to be. Right. Yeah. And so so while it's so having two movies called Shin Kamen Rider, I don't think it in Japanese. It's just like it's like saying, well, here's the reboot Kamen Rider, and then here in 2023 we have another reboot Kamen Rider. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. I mean, that's not 
that's not that that uh confusing if you were to if you were to do that in english you know say well well i mean look at we had uh a couple of years ago we had the predator which was a reboot kind of uh, reboot of the predator of predator right and so it's yeah. like yeah we have things like that in the west it's just i think it's just because we as an english speaking people we see shin and we automatically think shin is like a name Whereas mm. no shin just kind of means new or real or or uh, uh, true. It can also be referred to as true. But I always I always interpreted, and I think a lot of people have told me it's inter- it should be interpreted as kind of reimagining or kind mm. of like yeah reboot is what right. shin means because that's what you know Godzilla Shin Godzilla was kind of like a reimagining of what Godzilla was. Uh, Shin Ultraman is the reimagining of what Ultraman original Ultraman was. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I don't think it's I don't think it's that. That's just a long way of saying that I think this is just the it's a, the equivalent of saying here's another version of Common Rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, there's not not a whole lot. Much, there's not much else to say there. It's like I've always assumed that that was. I've always assumed that that was the thing. I, I, I always assumed that that's what it meant. Um, you know, anyone outside yeah. of the anyone that's not super ingrained into into the into the fran- into like the tokusatsu and and the and so the some of the things that we're interested in may be a little bit confused, but it's not a it's not a it's not a heavy concept to have to grasp. So it's just a reboot. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Again, it's just kind of sad we gotta wait so long to get it. So yeah, but I guess good I will things do come. Yeah, I will say that this means probably there are more people who are going to be going and watching that original Shin Kamen Rider from the 90s. Mm. Um, And to all of you who go and decide to watch it, it is available on YouTube on uh, Tokushatsu's. it's on Tokushatsu or to- no, it's on Toei's Toei's official YouTube channel. You can go and watch it. Um, to anybody who who after hearing this news decides to go and watch that version of Shin Kamen Rider, um, uh, Godspeed because <laughs> my goodness, uh, that movie is so like it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. But right. like when you're if you're if you go into it and you're used to like Ultraman or even like the modern common Rider and you're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of our Super Sentai. Oh, this is family friendly. This is mm-hmm. kind of fun and energetic and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you go and watch Shin Common Rider and Shin Common Rider from the 90s is like Cronenberg's The Fly meets Tokusatsu. Yeah, it's and it super is dark. Super dark, very rated R, very violent, um, also has some nudity in it, uh, and it is just so out of left field. Please, if anybody has not watched Common Rider before, do not let that be your first exposure to Common Rider, because that is not the typical, that is, that is a very outlier in the Common Rider. I'm not saying don't watch it. I think I think it's good. I actually think it's actually really good, but I just don't want that to be people's first exposure to Common Rider. <laughs> Because it's like, uh, that's going to set you up for disappointment later on if you really liked it. And if you really right. hated it, then it's going to make you shy away from stuff that you might actually like. Because the rest of the Common Rider franchise is not like this. This is totally different. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, the only other thing that, that I want to mention here with this Shin Common Rider, this new Shin Common Rider thing is, I wonder what version of Anno we're going to get what what type of ano we're going to get because the thing about hideaki ano is 
while uh, yes, he does a lot of very deep, um, like hurts your brain to think about type, you know, stuff that can really mm-hmm. like that has layer upon layer upon layer. He's mm-hmm. also done some stuff that's not as deep and layered like that. That's very lighthearted and stuff. So, so I wonder which version of Anna we're going to get. Is he going to go more Evangelion or is he going to go more cutie honey <laughs> with this one? <laughs> well, I'm hoping, um, you know, my own personal taste. Uh, I'm hoping that they go, that he goes more towards Evangelion and less cutie honey. But, you know, there are cutie honey fans out there. I know, Nate, I'm, I'm looking at you, Nathan. Uh, I know you're a huge fan of cutie honey. Um, uh, I just love that I made I made Nathan watch Cutie Honey because I just wouldn't stop talking about it. Love it, love it, love it. But yeah, that's it for the news. So we can get into our main topic. Now, we did not ask a trivia question because we had to reschedule our last week's episode. Uh, because of us traveling to go see this movie. So we're not going to do any shout outs for anybody who, uh, and we didn't do any kind of trivia question. We're just going to jump straight into the main topic. Godzilla versus Kong from 2021. The cast and crew list include, it was directed by Adam Wingard. It stars Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, Rebecca Hall, Brian Tyree Henry, Shun is it Shun Ogri? Yeah, Shun Ogri. Yeah, yeah Shun Ogri. Uh, Aza Gonzalez, Julian Dennison, Lance Reddick, barely. Um, Kyle Chandler, barely. Uh, <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, Damian Bashir and yeah, Kaylee. Bashir. Yeah, Bashir and Kaylee Hoddle. And the plot breakdown is legends collide as Godzilla and Kong, the two most powerful forces of nature, clash on the big screen in a spectacular battle for the ages. As a squadron embarks on a perilous mission into fantastic uncharted terrain, unearthing clues to the Titans' very origins and mankind's survival, a conspiracy threatens to wipe out the creatures, both good and bad, from the face of the Earth forever. So, Michael... (laughs) <laughs> after years after years and years and years and years and years of waiting for this movie to come out it has finally come out what are your opening oh, wow. thoughts i needed a cigarette after watching this movie <laughs> uh, uh it was it was and i don't even smoke cigarettes i needed a cigarette after watching this movie this movie does not waste any time giving us exactly what we've been asking for for the last well ever since king of the monsters at least king of, well, oh jesus probably well many 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 years uh prior to king of the monsters but let's just bring it more and more recent but since king of the monsters we have been dying to see Godzilla and Kong on the big screen together to finally settle, <laughs> to finally settle that debate that ha- that fans have been having for geez, what thirty plus years at this point, well, 50, uh, if not 50 longer. plus years or more. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know how to bird around like what it was like to see this movie finally come to the big screen like there was there we've been talking about it for weeks and months now 
uh, we've been, you know, at first we were like, where's the trailer? Give us the trailer. You know, they, and they keep mm-hmm. delaying, delaying, delaying. Um, and finally, finally, we, we, we got to see what we had been asking for, for so, so long. And I'll be honest with you, man. I don't know. It's going to be super difficult for me to rank this monster versus, and maybe we can rank it. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit later towards the end of the episode, but uh, it's going to be really good. Di- it's going to, it's really difficult for me to, to, to rank where GVK ends up on my list of movies for the monster verse. And really the list has changed so much in the last, the list has changed so much since Wednesday. Um, and for different reasons, it's just going to be really difficult. Um, but you know, just as a general, as a general first impressions, I loved it. Um, I've seen it three times already and I love it just, and I loved it just as much watching it yesterday with a friend in the theater as I did watching it for the very first time last Wednesday. Um, it, there's not much else I can say about it right now. I mean, we'll get into the nitty gritty in a minute, but yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for anyone who might be worried about spoilers, if you haven't watched the movie, we're going to try to be, uh, spoiler free for a little while and then we'll jump into spoilers. Yeah, the end. We're, we're not going to be able to, we're not going to be able to be totally spoiler free for this. So just be warned. Yeah, there will be spoilers. So yeah, if you, if you haven't seen it, if you, I just want to say, if you haven't seen it yet, Go watch it, then come back to this episode, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Right. With you. Yeah. Um, I will say for my opening thoughts that I was not disappointed. I as as much as like uh I was hyped for the movie, as much as I've been looking forward to this movie, I was not disappointed. I absolutely had a blast watching this movie. But mm-hmm. I do want to use a little bit of time here at the beginning before we get into the actual movie to mm-hmm. talk about some of the responses that we've seen from people. And I want to ask do we, have, the, do we have to? I, I just want I just want to ask a question and it's not sure. it's a rhetorical question. You don't have sure. to answer it. When did having a substantial and deep message become the default for making a movie good? Like can a movie be good without some kind of deep philosophical, you know, look at the human condition? Can we, you know, can, can a movie be good? Like, uh, like, yes, we know that Godzilla 1954 being an allegory for the suffering that people went through and the fear that people had and anxiety after the bombings of uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima and, uh, we know that that movie has so much weight and gravitas and emotion behind it. But, and that, and that makes that movie really great. And that movie is fantastic for it. But when did that become the requirement in all Godzilla movies? Mm-hmm. Because the way people reacted to this, you would think like, Every Godzilla movie has to be that way to yeah. be good, to be considered good. And if it's not, if it doesn't have that, then it's not good. Mm-hmm. And I argue that the Godzilla franchise, the MonsterVerse franchise, but also the Godzilla franchise in general, is flexible enough to where you do have those really fantastic, weighty movies with so much gravitas and so much emotion. But you can also have Godzilla versus Gigan. And Godzilla versus Megalon. Mm-hmm. 
and, and Godzilla versus Megaguirus. <laughs> uh, and you can have those fun, just exciting, silly, cheesy, campy movies. And there doesn't mean they're not good. I don't right. think that, uh, I don't think that, that having that gravitas and having those deeper themes is a requirement for a Godzilla movie to be good. I think that, that, you know, while it makes for a more interesting movie, right. I don't think that you need to have that. Um, yeah. Also, you know, we talk about, and we will talk about the human characters and people have, you know, criticized about the human characters. And yeah, I, I have, I have, I, I understand the criticisms. For absolutely. The, for the human character. I understand absolutely. them. I have my own gripes with them. Uh, that became very obvious uh, even within the first and second viewing of this movie, uh, they became very obvious, but they did not ruin the experience for me. Right. And that's where I think I'm coming at too with this is like, th there has been a big discussion online about are human characters important in monster movies? And yes. I am of the opinion that yes, they are. Yeah, I am are. of the opin opinion that yes, they are. But I also think that this movie in particular is a very interesting experiment in mm -hmm. that the characterization of the monsters become the focus more than the humans. And that if you can, if you can connect with Godzilla and Kong on the same level that you do with the human characters, yeah, is that as interesting as anything they could have done with the human characters. And I think that's an interesting experiment to try. It and is. I think they did. Yeah, it, it is an interesting experiment. And I will tell anyone, and this is what I told, um, Oh, I, this is what I was telling some friends, uh, yesterday that said they want that they're wanting to go watch it. Uh, I don't know if I'll watch, it. I don't know if I'll be watching it with them or they're going to be watching it by themselves. Um, but I told them, I said, look, um, Go into this movie knowing that Godzilla and King Kong, or Kong, not King, well, kind of King Kong in this movie, um, are your main characters and your human cast are your uh, secondary characters. Because mm -hmm. King Kong and Godzilla, or Kong and Godzilla are... Uh, the stars of this movie and the way that they care and, and the way they built those characters and the way they and and it's it's weird because even Godzilla has a has a story arc in this movie. Even Godzilla mm -hmm. has a character arc. It's not as uh, weighty and it's not, a, a, you know, he doesn't go on the same, you know, hero's journey that that Kong does. But but Godzilla does sort of go on his own sort of hero's journey um, right in this movie, and, and we've yeah. really had Godzilla's hero journey already in right. previous movies. So this mm -hmm. was a chance for Kong. Yeah, to we really we had shine. Uh, yeah we had Godzilla's hero's journey in 2014 and King of the Monsters, uh, and other move and even other movies throughout the franchise. Uh, we've had Godzilla go on his on his hero's journey. So it's not out of the question, honestly, to ask people to go into these movies and to go into this movie in particular and say and and realize that you know the human casts although they they are important because i'm not one that does say i'm not one of those people that says oh we all we need is 90 minutes of monster fights no i i don't want that because you know i think about movies like 
um, uh, like Monster Zero, uh, Invasion of Astro Monster uh, from 65, which mm -hmm. has the least amount of monster action, but a fantastic human with a fantastic human plot. Um, and that's one of my favorite movies. And I think that humans are definitely important to the, in, in are definitely important and definitely a needed element in these films. But you also, but, but like, I think you, like you said is, you know, GBK is, is an interesting experiment where like, what if you went into this movie knowing that Godzilla and Kong are your leading are your lead characters and everyone else is secondary and you, and they, and they try to make them more personal to you. And I think that it works on a lot of levels. And then there was some missteps in the movie as well, but overall, um, yeah, I think probably the, the best way, the best way, the best way to put it is the way you put it. It is a very interesting experiment as, as to what if, like what if we got just monsters as, as main characters and not your human cast. So, you right. know, that's just my take for right now. We can dive a little deeper in a minute. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to get that, that kind of stuff out of the way because that is, that has been the biggest discourse coming from this movie after it's coming out is, is like, you know, is this movie good? Is it is it good despite the the characters the human side being flawed? Is it is it good despite not having your deeper, more philosophical, more emotional um, kind of gravitas and 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 and, and and yeah. And you know, this was something I was thinking about today. Was um, or is that um, I'm actually kind of glad with what we, I'm actually happy with what we got because each of these movies, each of these MonsterVerse movies, all four of them have their own distinct personality. Mm -hmm. uh, they all work. They're all within the same universe. They're all within the same MonsterVerse, uh, but they all have their very own distinct personality. Uh, you know, GVK is no, is not the same movie as Kong Skull Island you know, in, for the most part and, you know, GBK and, you know, Kong and King of the Monsters, it's not even the same as King of the Monsters, not really. Um, but, uh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. These, each of these have their own personality. They have their own, uh, you know, I think Adam Wingard in an interview before this movie even came out had said, this is the most Adam Wingard movie that he's made. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what he really wanted to, to do with this. He wanted to be, he wanted to make it his movie, not just a movie in a universe and, and just, a, you know, and I think that's great. And I think you're right. You know, each of the MonsterVerse movies has their own personality of the people behind the scenes in the movie. And, and I think that's that you can enjoy each of them yeah. on that level. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need, and this is what I was going to say where I lost it. Um, you don't always need that deep philosophical message. And one thing I appreciate a lot about this movie is the fact that it knew exactly what it wanted to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and it embraced it. It embraced it to levels that we haven't seen in a while. And, it's, uh, and it was very, this movie was very much self-aware. Uh, at least mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, um, Absolutely. And I think the reason why this movie connects with a lot of people, a lot of the general audiences right now, just for the simple fact that it's fun. It's fun. There's not, it does not take a lot of brain power 
um, to figure out this movie. This movie is what it is. This movie knows it. This movie is not hiding the ball in what it wants to be. Like some movies will have like a this thin underline, like like this this political agenda attached to it. And there's no that I can tell. And if there is, someone tell me because I didn't because I looked for it. There's not a overt political statement in this movie. Uh, there, it, it knows like I said, it knows exactly what it wants to be. It is fun. It, it is just fun and it escapist and it's in a way that's what makes it so important because in a time where things are so overly uh, uh, politicized and things over the last year and a half, I think that people were just, I think people just appreciate the fact that this movie knows exactly what it is and, and what it wants to be. And that's just a fun, entertaining two hours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so getting all of that discussion out of the way, that that's kind of like the more serious, you know, discussion of this movie. I want to get into, let's get into our positivity sandwich now. We, we talk about our positives, then our negatives, and then we finish off on some more positives. And let's just have fun talking about this movie. This may be more of a positivity pizza than a positivity sandwich. Uh, I mean, I have a lot of, I, I do have some negatives I want to talk about. Um, right. So do I, but, but this is absolutely a fun movie and, and I want to have fun talking about it because some of the just absolute nuts bonkers things that they do in this movie, I kind of just love. I it's love a spectacle. It. Yeah. Yeah, it it's is. It is. Um, so to, to open up the, our talking about our positives, if there's one scene in this movie that is your favorite scene, <laughs> which scene would be your favorite scene? <clears throat> I can give you some time to think about it while I answer mine. Cause I yeah, have, go ahead. You, you start first. Cause I need to think about that one. Cause there's just so my much. favorite moment from this movie is when Godzilla uses his atomic breath to dig a hole to the center of the earth. <laughs> yes. Because it's the most ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous thing that you could imagine, but I love it, and I love that him and God, him and King Kong see each other from other ends of this tunnel, and it only takes like Kong five minutes to crawl up the tunnel from the center of the Earth to Hong Kong. And it's just like it is the most ridiculous, campy, silly thing, and I love it. Oh, I absolutely love yeah. it. Um, okay. So, cause we'll talk about, I don't want to, we'll talk battle sequences in just a minute. So just out of, out of my favorite scenes, like just my favorite little moments, uh, talking about that sequence where after Godzilla has already burrowed into the, into the hollow earth with his atomic breath, all Shin Godzilla style. And you cannot mm -hmm. tell me that that is not a reference to Shin Godzilla. I think it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Kong comes to the surface and just, and all you see is that big ax just slammed down on the ground. And there's this little moment that just cracks me up. And I, and I don't know if it's, it's just this, it's, it's like when he slams the ax down and you've got the silhouette of the people running by and they're like, Oh my God. Ah! Yeah. It's just so, it, it was just so kind of funny and, 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 and campy to me, that whole sequence of events. Um, Huh, you know, 
one of the one of my favorite moments in this movie was when we finally got like a really good view of the hollow earth. Oh yeah. Um now I I hear a lot of people online or I've read a lot of people online say that or ask the question, why did we need such an elaborate, overdone hollow earth? Could like it, it was just it was just way, way overdone. But I'll say that, you know, it needed to be that way because it's 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 a world within under the earth, which I learned later on. I just thought it was a movie thing. I didn't know. Uh, so forget, you know, forgive me, but I didn't know that the hollow earth theory was an actual theory. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's an actual thing. Have, people believe. Yeah. So this, you know, when we first get that big reveal of the hollow earth uh, and it's just so um, it's just so journey to the center of the earth, Jules Vernian, mm-hmm. um, that it's just it's breathtaking. And then you've got the Kong Castle and we're probably going to get into spoilers. So I'm just going to have to warn you now. We are probably just going to sneak some spoilers in here. So if you don't want to get spoiled, then listen to this after you watch the movie. Um, the Kong Citadel. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I mentioned this. Okay, so so uh, just a peek behind the curtain. I recorded next week's episode uh, with uh, with our guests from Finding Monster Right. I recorded it yesterday, so I already know what I say on that episode, even though it hasn't come out yet. Um, I mentioned this with them as like, who knew the giant apes under at the center of the earth had like architectural like thinking and knew how to do like gothic texture uh, architecture it was very lord of the rings <laughs> it's very lord of the rings very yeah very lord of the rings and you know there's that really i don't want to call it cheesy but it was that it was that moment where it was that payoff moment for all the kong fans like because we like there are a ton of kong fans out there and to be quite honest with you i'm just gonna throw this out here before i forget it because I probably I might actually forget it. This movie made me like Kong more than I already did. I already liked Kong a little bit more than you did, but yeah. I appreciate that character all so much more after watching this movie. And I want I want more world building. I want more world building with the Hollow Earth because all of that seems so interesting. But anyway, you go to Kong Citadel. Kong sees the axe. He picks up the axe um, from the skull of whatever that creature was. It was not a Godzilla, but it was something. It looked like a actually it looked like a cat, um, maybe in like a saber toothed tiger or like a Smilodon or something like that. And um, he takes the axe, and you get that shot of Kong sitting on the throne, implying he is now. King Kong, um, mm-hmm. whereas in Skull Island, you got the the little blurb from Marlowe saying Kong is king here. So you literally got in this movie King Kong sitting on the throne. And I feel like that was a good payoff for all the Kong fans out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you on Kong. I I went into this. I've, I'm not a huge Kong fan, uh, more of a Godzilla fan, but this movie, as someone who is fluent in a, in, in American sign language and who has a lot of friends who are deaf, uh, the way to make me love Kong, have him use sign language. <laughs> now let me ask you something. And Alex swears, Alex swore when I was talking with him, when I was talking about, when I was talking to him and CC back at the house, um, Kong, um, Alex swears that they, 
teased him knowing sign language in one of the trailers. They did. I don't. Did they? Yes. Did they? Okay. Because uh, yes. I don't remember it. Because when I watched that for the first time, when they're on the boat and in the rain, and Kong touches his face to say, "I want to," like basically say he signs home. He right. wants to go home. Um, that was a like sort of a, a like oh wow that, that's as, like, that was an awe, that was an awe moment. As far as I know, I don't remember them actually showing him using sign language, but they did tease that he understood sign language uh mm -hmm. in the trailer so so oh yeah because you have the you had the one trailer of him and this is like fast forward in the movie they're getting ready to take on mecha godzilla and the and gia uh it gia. Is, it's gia gia right yeah gia gia okay gia uh she signs to him be careful right yeah be careful that, yeah yeah that was yes yeah, so so I just I love the uh, and the the actress who plays Gia, uh, Kaylee Hoggle, I think. Yeah, Kaylee mm -hmm. Hoggle. Um, yes. She is actually deaf, um, and her family is deaf as well. And so uh, she is actually you know using sign language as her primary way of communicating. Uh, and I think Andrew Skarsgård said that he he learned sign language specifically for this movie so he could communicate with with Haley. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that in the movie, his character doesn't okay. use sign language except once that, uh, you know, and, and he uses it wrong. He uses the wrong word, but <laughs> that was still, so, that was, that was funny though. It was funny, but, but the fact that Alexander Skarsgård actually tried to learn sign language, not for the purpose of being used in the movie, but just so he could communicate with his co-host. Mm -hmm. or co-star co not co-host but co-star right. uh in this movie and i think that is just uh, alexander Skarsgård is just uh, has gone up a few points in my book just for that like he wanted classy. to be able to communicate that is a classy person and so yeah i i, I love that um rebecca hall using sign language you know to communicate because she's kind of like the mother to um to gia in the movie uh, so her using sign language in this was really great. I just like, like I said, as someone who who has deaf friends who uh, is fluent in sign language, I, I it just made my heart grow I mean, a few sizes. You could probably look. I don't know if this is uh, accurate, but <clears throat> you could probably look at it like uh, uh, Rebecca Hall's character is the mom, G is the daughter, and then Kong is big brother. Maybe. Yeah, I, I was hoping you didn't say daddy because then that means Rebecca Hall. No, no. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to say Kong's your daddy, but. Kong's you know. your daddy. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who's your daddy? Kong. <laughs> um anywho so so talking about who's your daddy kong's your daddy uh let's talk about the fight scenes because oh, yes because uh because God, godzilla got shown who was boss a couple of times he did. <laughs> he, he did and you know i'm so pleased that they made it pretty well balanced um like i like a i like a lot of team godzilla fans uh was pretty nervous heading into this movie not gonna lie because you know all the trailers all the teasers everything leading up to it had teased that kong was going to be the hero he was going to be the underdog he was going to be the good guy whereas godzilla is the bad guy which we later found out was a lot more complicated than that right. uh which I don't know if it was Gamma three levels of complicated, but we can maybe talk about that later. Um, but yeah, like that first scene 
where they meet on the boat. And I, and I'm really, and I was thrilled at how early that actually took place in the movie that takes place. What? 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the film. Yeah. It's um, really early. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty early. And it's so satisfying. I think you and I were talking about uh, you and I, I think you and I and Alex or you and I, and Eric, whoever it was that we're talking about, or maybe just you and me, uh, we're talking about how they only showed us like a little teeny tiny bit of the boat scene. And there was mm-hmm. so much more to that boat scene than what yeah. we realized. Yeah. For anybody who was afraid that the trailer spoiled too much of the fight scenes, um, both the, the fight scene on the boat and the fight scene in Hong Kong, we only got to see a taste of in the trailers. There is mm-hmm. so much more to those fights in the movie than what was shown in the trailer. And, and, and bravo, bravo to the people doing the marketing for not giving too much in the in the trailers as far as those fights were concerned Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we got a proper water battle which i thought was well done um and like we got some really interesting new footage of things that godzilla can do apparently i didn't know this uh travis but apparently godzilla has a prehensile tail um that he can he can wrap around kong to drag him and try to drown him and let me just say something this this Godzilla in GVK is a bit of an asshole because he is sinister <laughs> in this movie. He's, um, he's not pulling any punches. <laughs> no, he is not. He's just and mean. He's outright mean in this movie. Like, he has he, he he throughout this entire movie, and he has this sinister little smirk on his face. Um, (laughs) and it's so good. It is so, so good. Um, you know, basically the way that the first battle ends is, you know, Godzilla, Godzilla wins round one. Obviously, I think that was pretty much a given because Godzilla has the advantage in water. Uh, Godzilla wins round one by basically just wearing down Kong. And so the, the, they have to fire some depth charges to confuse Godzilla to help, Maybe Godzilla release his grip on Kong and leave him alone. And then, uh, you know, Kong comes to the surface and pretends that he's dead or pretends that he's defeated so that Godzilla will just leave and go about doing, go about his business of doing other Godzilla stuff, uh, hunting down a certain mechanized uh, kaiju. And um, so battle one, so, so battle like round one went to Godzilla. Uh, yeah, yeah. Round one went to Godzilla. I think one of the things I really as in the fight scenes that I love is they did some really interesting camera movements. Mm-hmm. Like they flipped the camera, they twisted it, they they made <laughs> they disoriented you so much because oh, these God, monsters are thick. Their bridges. Yeah. Oh man, it was so. But it was great. Just very creative use of of camera angles and movements to show how not only how massive these monsters are but how they're moving within their environment because they're being so big and moving between like buildings and boats and things like that and having the camera twist and move and so i just think it's amazing yeah i want to sneak a i want to sneak a little negative in here while we're talking about this um okay and it was one thing that i was i could not find apparently there was no there's no mocap credit for this movie 
So the entire, like the monster stuff was entirely CGI in the animators. And uh, someone was talking to me about it because I was trying to get, uh, I was trying to find somewhere on the internet, like, hey, was there a mocap credit? And apparently there's not. And I was talking with another uh, podcaster about this and they felt like that it sort of removed any 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 sort of weight to the monsters by not having them mo-capped. Now, I personally, um, I personally don't feel that way, and I think the main gripe is because they both move so quickly and so agilely, especially Godzilla. Godzilla, anyone who out there is saying, "Oh, Godzilla is just this big lumbering lizard," not in this one. Not no. in this one. Um, it is. It is ama- It amazed me how uh, how quick and how agile he moved. And like that whole sequence in Hong Kong, when he they first encounter each other and they've they fought. You know, Kong Kong won round two with the axe with the with the blow to the axe, um, with the blow from the axe rather. Uh, like what we saw in the trailer, you know, Kong Mm -hmm. flying through the air. He gives like just this big Superman punch type, uh, attack on Godzilla. And so that wins round two for Kong. But, uh, as in the setup to round three, you see that scene of uh, Kong is hiding from Godzilla and you see Godzilla just crawling on all fours, like a crocodile Mm -hmm. hunting Kong. And that leads into round three, which, oh boy that that was vicious yeah i was i would and i'll let you kind of start with your thoughts on on round three or round two wherever you want to start but round three for me was like that was the old crap to keep it pg that was the old crap moment because godzilla comes off as just mean yeah he absolutely does and i think that 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 was the moment where i was like uh, because going into this, I had no idea if one of these monsters was going to die, which one of these monsters was going to die at the end, uh, you know, because we don't know if this is going to be the end of the MonsterVerse or if it's going to continue, what's going to happen. So either of these monsters could have died at the end of this movie. And I was like, I was scared for Kong there for a minute because I'm like, uh, this is not going to end well. Godzilla gets very mean. He, and I love that they really played up, like you said, the very uh, crocodilian kind of lizard-like side to Godzilla. He's very snappy. Very snappy. Uh, very. <laughs> with his jaws and his teeth and everything. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's the, the moment that I'm thinking of right now is like we're in round three where Kong is trying, like Godzilla's, all, at this point, Godzilla's, uh, he has... He's hit Kong with the atomic breath. We've kind of come through that, like what felt like 10 minutes of a constant atomic beam fired. Like I'm, Mm. I'm actually impressed that Godzilla can fire that atomic breath for that, that amount of time at once. Cause that felt like it lasted forever. Mm. Um, And it's those really nice low angle shots of, of Kong avoiding the atomic breath and, and just kind of flying through the city and in between buildings and, uh, you know, just trying to avoid Mm -hmm. the breath. And then finally, and then finally, and this is, this is kind of this little funny moment um, where Godzilla finally uh, hits Kong in the back with his atomic breath. Uh And, you see this little sinister little smirk come across <laughs> Godzilla's face. And I don't know how many people noticed it. I noticed it immediately. I turned uh-huh. to Alex in the theater and I said, did he just, did he just smile? 
Like, did he just <laughs> smile? Like, I think he smiled, and people swear up and down they were, they could hear him laughing. But uh, maybe, and, and I've seen people on Twitter like th- that moment. They'll say, "I hear the voice of Megatron say yes, <laughs> yes." But um, you know, back back to that round three battle. Like that was so snappy. Like the like Godzilla just on all fours, snapping at Kong, like trying to bite and tear any way he possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, like Kong is hurt, his shoulder's been dislocated. Um, and yeah, he's like he's crawling just, on the ground, like he's trying crawling to ba- away backwards, and Godzilla's just snapping at his feet and got his mm. toes and everything else. And then finally, Godzilla gets on top of him and just claws and just mauls him to death. And then you get that moment. You get that moment from the trailer that we were so curious about. Um, that moment of of that defiant, of that Godzilla saying, stay down. And then Kong saying, make me. And then, <laughs> then Godzilla made him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he made him. <laughs> oh, man. It's just, yeah. If you go into this movie wanting Godzilla versus Kong, you are not going to be disappointed because this movie is Godzilla versus Kong. This is not a Batman versus Superman. They'll fight for five minutes and then it's over. This is a, like the movie is built around these two monsters fighting each other. And I think that that's what we, I think that's, I think that's what we wanted though. Oh yeah. That's what we wanted. I know. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names because that's not the that's not the pot that's not the kind of podcast we are. But I've been seeing a lot of people who who said this months ago. It's like we just want the monsters to we just want Godzilla and Kong to fight and blah blah. blah. You know, we just want it to just be a throwdown and settle and just settle all this rivalry stuff. Well, that's what we got. And then I've seen a lot of people online backtrack that and say, no, this is not what we wanted. This is not what we wanted. This is this is a bad movie. Like, okay, guys. Um, this is what we've been asking for for literally like two years. We finally got exactly, and I and I tweeted this out <clears throat> shortly after we watched the movie. Was um, you know I think it was simply just I liked the movie. It was it was a lot of fun. It was very accessible to the general audiences. And 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 the last line I left it with was we got what we wanted. Mm-hmm. We did. We got what we wanted. And yeah. you know that moment. Um, of Godzilla staring down Kong and Kong looking up at Godzilla defiantly. That was such a good moment. And, you know, Godzilla basically had mercy on Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, he did have mercy on Kong. He could have easily, you know, he had him beat. You know, right. once that second, you know, uh, later, like early on in the battle, Kong hit Godzilla with the axe and buried that axe in Godzilla's thigh in, in that big old thick thigh of, of, of Goji and, um, you know, Kong punches Godzilla in that wound and pisses Godzilla off and says, mm-hmm. okay, so you're going to play that game, stomp on your chest. And then he does the Bruce Lee just twist mm-hmm. at the end. Yeah. And I knew, I knew it was over. I knew that was, I knew that was round three. I know round three went to Godzilla after that. Like, and so let me ask you, let me ask you this, Travis, after all the hype, after all the hype to this movie, 
Are you sat? Do we are we satisfied that we finally got a winner? Did we get a winner? Do you think that we have a clear winner in this? Did one actually fall in this movie? What are your thoughts on that? This is interesting because I was talking to this with my with my family when I got home from from the trip to go see it, and they all watched it on on uh, HBO Max and. I was like, well, you know, the director said we were going to have a clear winner, and we did. Godzilla was the clear winner. And my grandpa, who is a huge Kong fan, uh, was like, I don't think so. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no, it looked like Kong had him on the ropes for most of it. I'm like, yeah, but he nearly killed Kong at the end by stomping on him. Like, uh, two out of the three rounds that they fought, Kong lost. <laughs> <laughs> like big time like he only survived by sheer chance or the mercy of godzilla uh there's only one of those three rounds that kong had the upper hand and it was just because he had the axe <laughs> which so, after that which uh after that act that final axe blow and i was thinking about this today i was thinking about this the other day too you know after the after that final axe blow and they hit each other with that with the sheer force of Godzilla's atomic breath and the axe uh, uh, being charged by the atomic breath, like what we saw in the trailer. Um, and they, they're both blown back from the force of it. And then you get a image, you get that shot of the axe being powered down. Basically mm -hmm. the, the, the power in that axe had now been spent. And so when I saw that for the first time, I thought, Oh, okay. So Kong just kind of lost his, um, his number one weapon against Godzilla. So it'll be, and so I'm, I'm sitting there in the theater thinking it'll be interesting to see how round three goes. Um, mm -hmm. So it, like, will it be brute strength from Kong? Will it be that wins the day or will it just be the fear, this, just the pure viciousness yeah. <laughs> from Godzilla that won. And it was ultimately Godzilla won, but it was interesting that Godzilla showed uh, mercy in that moment. Basically, mm -hmm. He looked down on Kong and says, are you done now? Are we right. done here? You know, just to say, hey, like I have better things to do. I have more important things to do than to deal with you. Uh, right. Because God, and this was, I was talking about, I was talking about this with Nathan. Godzilla just looked mad. He looked, he looked angry and uh, just aggravated. Just like, I need, it's like, it's like Kong. It's like he's saying, hey, I need to take care of this thing, but this monkey keeps getting in the way. Right. And I got to just put it to rest. And then, but I don't want to kill the monkey, but I want the monkey to leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's interesting that they, they really set up in the movie that this isn't necessarily a fight to the death. It's just a fight until one of them yields. And what? they don't really like Godzilla is not necessarily out to murder Kong. He just wants to show Kong who's boss. <laughs> it sort of turned into like a friendly, not like a friendly competition, but a, a, a it, it was just one big giant pissing contest. Yeah. Um, is basically what it was because you had, and this, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you have to go into this movie knowing that Godzilla and King Kong are your lead characters. They are, and they give them, they give them a good a good amount of personality. Mm -hmm. And there was, there's a little bit of controversy surrounding that. We can get into that in a minute, but um, they give them a good amount of personality. And I personally, I, and I've seen some stuff online, like why did they give Godzilla such a person? Why did they give Godzilla a personality? 
Well, Godzilla's had a personality for the last 66 years. I mean, right. come on. Yes. Yeah. Really? Come on. Um, yeah. it's Godzilla's not always had a personality. And Godzilla's, right. Godzilla's not always had a nice personality either. I mean, GMK shows that Godzilla is an a-hole. <laughs> no, yeah, most, yeah, most definitely. But, uh, we did, uh, you know, talking a little bit more about the, the Hong Kong battle. I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but like you and I talked about after the movie, when we saw it the first time, that was definitely the centerpiece. Like mm-hmm. the, the trailers made it out to where the, 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 the battle on the boat was the centerpiece of this film. No, 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 no. The battle in Hong Kong was the centerpiece of this movie. That is the, the big fight feel that we wanted. And uh, you got some really neat little moments uh, early on in round two. Um, and we were all kind of wondering what they would do to do some callbacks to 62. And yes, uh, Kong does shove something into Godzilla's mouth, uh, yeah. which was really entertaining. Uh, we, I know we all cracked up at that. Oh, yeah. uh, at least me, I know me, Alex and Eric did. I, I couldn't see, I, you were a little bit further down, so I, I couldn't really see what your reaction was, but yeah, I, I was down at the, the same. Yeah, I was down at the end of the row with JR, and yeah, we were cracking up. <laughs> we were cracking up during it. We were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is this was so much fun. It's it's just it was such a God, it was such a fun sequence of events that um I and I was and I was telling Alex this on the way back to the house. If you know, if that was what we got, if that's what we had to wait for, I'm satisfied. I'm personally satisfied with it. Right now, let's let's kind of bridge from we're gonna we're I mean, we're gonna build a bridge from our our positives <clears throat> down to our negatives, but sure. I want to do that by by talking about the characters because, like we said, now Kong really is the heart and soul of this movie. Like like Godzilla definitely has a personality, and Godzilla is a main character in this. But but God, but Kong is the one that brings this is the Kong's heart. movie. Yeah, this yeah. is Kong's movie. But besides Kong, who are the other characters that stand out to you? Uh, <laughs> um, this movie officially made me into a Bernie bro. Oh, yeah. Bernie. <laughs> <Love> Bernie. <laughs> Bernie was so great. <laughs> you know, aside from Madison, aside from Madison Russell, uh played by millie bobby brown i really liked uh i really liked the bernie character uh was it brian tyree henry is that who played yeah Mm -hmm, yeah Uh, brian tyree henry is who played bernie in this who is this and the best way i can put it is this conspiracy theorist alex jones type person uh who runs a podcast which is fantastic because I felt so validated. I know all of us podcasters <laughs> felt so validated in this movie uh, that one of the lead characters is a podcaster, and it led to some really funny moments, especially towards the end of the film uh, when um, uh, when Bernie meets uh, when Bernie meets uh, uh, Kyle, Kyle Chandler. Chandler's character, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Mark Russell, and basically just the line is. Uh, uh, you want to come on my podcast, which is so hilarious because all of us at one point or another have said that to somebody. Yep. Yep. Um, we've been, we've been there and we would be there if, if, at that moment. And, and I would not put it past any one of us in that moment of adrenaline, just looking at somebody like Mark and it's like, you want to be on my podcast? I loved, I loved the Bernie character and, you know, it was really disappointing that people didn't 
really connect with him on the level that a lot of us did. Um, you know, he, he brought a lot, he was, he was definitely there for comic relief. Uh, right. and, and someone were, and someone online was saying that they could have merged the Bernie and Josh character together. I don't necessarily believe that because, um, you know, Josh was there to, uh, counter, like to balance out, uh, Madison and Josh right. was there to be the voice of reason. Right. And, um, Bernie was just the crazy bad influence. And Madison was the, I've got to find like, she was the, she was the the lead female role. I thought in this movie, aside from Gia, of course, Gia, you want to talk about heart and soul of this movie. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Gia. Gia was, yeah. Yeah. Gia definitely is one of my favorite characters. I, as far as leading female characters though, I don't see enough people talking about online Rebecca Hall's character. No, she was great too. She was absolutely fantastic. I think she was she was fantastic in the role. She was fantastic as a as a character. She was the scientist who is has dedicated her life to studying Kong, really cares about Kong, is not trying to exploit him, really genuinely cares and wants what's best for him and wants to protect him the best she can and she gets thrown into the middle of this you know these these different forces you know who are both all competing for the same thing not only kong and godzilla competing for supremacy but also the evil you know group that's you know also trying to get their own have they have their own agenda and stuff and and she really does provide so much uh she is the voice of the audience i think like i, I know mm -hmm. that the kong is like we Kong is the one that we're supposed to connect with as an audience, but since Kong doesn't have a voice and mm. Gia doesn't speak with in a way that most people can understand without, you know, she has subtitles and stuff. Rebecca Hall's character provides the voice of the audience. Right. And I think that, that she's hugely underappreciated by most people. Cause I think, you know, you get more, the other characters are more flashy, like Bernie and stuff like that. You know, they're obviously more memorable because of so much that they do. But I really think that Rebecca Hall's character as the voice of the audience needs to have more recognition than what she's getting online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I didn't have, I liked her character. I thought she like, she was definitely like sort of that voice of reason uh, at least for team, for team Kong, she was that voice of reason in the film. Um, you know, there was some stuff that I wish they would have explored more. And apparently there's, apparently there's a full five out. There's extra five hours of footage about the, with this movie, they got cut, uh, release the wind guard cut hashtag. And, yeah. um, I really was a little bit disappointed and aggravated that, they kept saying this ancient rivalry, this ancient rivalry, this ancient rivalry, but they really didn't give it any context. Right. Um, it just felt really throwaway, um, yeah. especially in that moment. I think uh, the moment I'm thinking of is when they're on the, when they're on the ship, they've already got Kong on the boat and they're, and she's talking with the ship's captain and she goes into this like short exposition about the ancient rivalry. And it feels awkward in that mm -hmm. moment. Um, and it feels canned and it feels kind of hokey, but I was willing to go with it. It was fine. You know, there was a lot of little one liners in this movie that were like in any other context would have made me cringe. 
but in the, in the context of this movie, because we're so deeply into the, the camp with this one, um, mm-hmm. that lines like, well, I guess round two goes to Kong would have aggravated me maybe with King mm-hmm. of the Monsters or even 2014, but it worked in this, you know, it, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting into some of the negatives though, let's get into some of the characters that we might not have liked as much. <sighs> now you mentioned Millie Bobby Brown. I love Millie Bobby Brown as an actress. I also love Madison Russell as a character from King of the Monsters. I did not think that they did her character justice in this movie. I think that, yeah, I think her character progression from being like, you know, the, the, the girl who, who truly believes in Godzilla and has come to recognize Godzilla as the savior of humanity and of the world to now being like this paranoid conspiracy theorist kind of believing person. I don't know. I didn't like the progression there. I didn't like that progression. I think I I still think that she, you know, she definitely was the one who was like, yeah, Godzilla's a good guy. Why are we, you know, there has to be a reason. She obviously had like some good points, but what undercuts the good points that she has is like, she, you know, talking about, you know, not drinking tap water because of the fluoride and, you know, and the, and the <laughs> weird things that the government is doing and stuff. It's like, like she's really, and I don't understand that progression. Like that's not the same character that was in King of the Monsters. I don't see how King of the Monsters, Madison Russell becomes this Madison Russell. And I think that's what I had a problem with more than anything, not by Millie Bobby Brown's performance. She did a great job. Just, I don't understand how the character from the last movie turned into this character from this movie. Uh, and I think that's going to be a continued theme when talking about the characters in uh, the characters that we don't like in this movie is I wish they would have done more. I wish they would have done more. I think that's yeah. just an ongoing thing. You want to go um, ahead and just get it, just get it out of the way. Um, uh, Sarah Zawa Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Sarah Zawa Jr. <laughs> uh, okay. So leading up into this, leading into this movie, and this may just be a case of, 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 of overly heightened expectations. Right. Yeah. Um, but I wish we could have spent maybe another 10 to 15 minutes with that character because there is that scene when Godzilla comes ashore in Pensacola and, and Sarazawa, uh, Ren Sarazawa is just looking off into the distance with Godzilla. And it's just a really intense moment that I wish we could have got more backstory on. Yeah. Yeah. There's, uh, there seems to be something more to that character that's just not in the movie. And so it definitely feels like a lot of stuff got cut and I'm sure a lot of stuff did get cut uh, from his character. And so instead of it feeling like, Oh, this is just another character that's in the movie. It feels like this is a character that should have had more, but something's missing and we're just all disappointed because we don't know what's, you know, he didn't really get much play. If it was just some random, you know, person and they didn't pay any attention to him or barely mentioned him, maybe it would have been better. But the fact that they did highlight him so much early on and that he is Sarazawa's son, he's, you know, and, and he's connected to Godzilla in some way and then not really develop that mm-hmm. and underutilize that. It's such a disappointment. 
Yeah, it is. And um, again, I, I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it other than the backlash from it online was possibly just a case of overly heightened expectations. Um, right. Yeah. Because fans are going in with the idea of like, oh, this is Sarazawa. This is yeah, and and stuff. But but I think yeah. even if you're not a a like fan and you're even if you don't recognize the name Sarazawa <laughs> and you don't know, I think the way that they built him up in the movie and then didn't do anything with it i think just you know like i think even if you didn't know who he was you would still have this feeling that the character's important but that they don't resolve that they don't show why he's important yeah quite possibly yeah i mean there i don't think because early on maybe i was thinking that this guy this guy could have been anybody uh, mm -hmm. with the last name that wasn't sarazawa and it would have been fine. But <clears throat> the more I think about it is there is the, like I said, there is those moments like where, mm -hmm. you know, that something deeper is going on. Right. But they don't expand on it. And that's frustrating. So yeah. for me, the most frustrating human character in this movie is Ren Sarazawa simply just because we don't know. We just, we, there, there's just not enough information given. And it's a way yeah. I feel like the character, I honestly feel like the character was wasted. And it's funny because, uh, I, we mentioned that Lance Reddick gets, um, top billing or, or, or a top billing in the credits. Lance Reddick is a, is in this movie for 30 milliseconds and yes. then disappears, <laughs> uh, in the cut scenes I, I read this interview with Adam Wingard in the in the scenes that were cut Lance Reddick was actually supposed to be the director of of um Monarch they but they cut that they cut his scenes down when they were editing and to only be a cameo and so they decided to recut and reshoot a few things to make Kyle Chandler's character Mark uh the the head of, of Monarch instead. <clears throat> so Lance Reddick was only a cameo in this instead of being, but he was actually supposed to be the director of Monarch. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I didn't know. I actually did not know that. Yeah. And so that's, that was something that I think it's like, I wish I would have, I wish they would have had more of him. Um, Jessica Henwick is another character we've, we've talked about. I love her so much. She was in underwater. She was in love and monsters. And then she was supposed to be in this movie and they completely cut her out. She's not even in this movie at all now, but she was. Yeah, I remember us talking about that when we did Love and Monsters. I She has a God because I mentioned she had a Godzilla versus Kong credit. Right. Yeah. And she was supposed to be in this, but they cut her out of it completely. So her and Lance Reddick are two that just like their scenes fell by the wayside. And it was, and I was so disappointed because not only do I really love Jessica Henwick, but also this was going to be her third giant monster film in like the last three years <laughs> that mm -hmm. she was going to be uh, in. So like, that was going to be really cool, but then they cut her out. So yeah, I, like I said, I think it's just an ongoing it's, it, it's, there's nothing else really that we can say, except with these, a lot of these human characters, the ones that they, that, that they cut out or they cut down. I just wish they gave us more. I yeah, wish I they gave us and, more. And I don't want to dive too deep into it, but I've seen some, you know, pieces some, uh, some outrage online about, you know, why did they cut out so many of these characters? 
um, you know, some of the, some of the, some of the, why did they cut out so many, so much of the diversity in this film? I, we don't know the answer to that. Honestly, it may have just been a case of runtime issues and that their stories weren't as necessarily integral to the plot. Yeah. Now one character, I wish they would have cut out completely um, <laughs> because I did not like her character. And that was <laughs> the evil businesswoman. Oh, who, the evil businesswoman that we, uh, who's the daughter of the, of the main villain. You know, this. they could have given that. Yeah, actually, they could have probably given that character. They could have probably given Jessica Henwick that role. And yeah, they could it. have. I, seeing Jessica Henwick play a villainous character would have been really cool because she has yet to play a villainous character in anything that I've seen mm -hmm. her in, and that would have been neat to see. But yeah, no, I did not like the evil businesswoman. She was only there to be evil and to die. Um, spoiler alert! <laughs> and and it was so she was such a useless character. At to least her death was satisfying. Uh, at least how did she die? I can't remember. Oh, no, um, her ship was grabbed and then blown yeah, up. Yeah, they were in the heave. Kong grabbed her and Kong looked into the heave to make sure that his favorite people weren't in there. And then he just crushed them. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, just I did not like I, I did not like her character at all. Now, on the flip side, I did kind of like her father, who was the main villain of this, because he I was like. Go ahead. He was over the top and campy and cheesy. Um, People have compared him to Doctor Who, not not the British Doctor Who, but the Doctor Who from King Kong Escapes. I can honestly see that. He can, absolutely is Doctor Who from King Kong Escapes, and I, I love can see it. that. Yeah, because there are some King Kong Escapes. Uh, little well, there's all kinds of Kong nuggets in this movie, more right. so than even the Godzilla nuggets, but. Um, there are some King Kong references like they instead of going to the North Pole, they go to Antarctica. Um, mm -hmm. They this is not necessarily a King Kong escapes reference because it's been done. It was done in 62 where they fly Kong uh, with helicopters uh, yeah. in 62. It was balloons in I think King Kong escapes. It was helicopters, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, trying to get an, an, a mysterious element from the center of the earth, trying to get a mysterious element from the center of the earth. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a lot of like King Kong escapes elements to this movie. Um, I like the villain. Like I didn't have a problem with it. He was, he was an, he was an adequate villain. Like I was, I could, you know, Dr. Who is probably the best way to explain it for anyone who knows about the King Kong escapes uh, movie. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I know how to explain it within this, uh, within the Toho universe. But I didn't have a problem with him, honestly. It, like he got, he was a little bit annoying after like the second or third viewing of the movie. Um, but he serves his purpose uh, as, as evil businessman. And we've had evil businessmen in Toho films before. So, you know, absolutely. it's nothing new. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I think he was campy enough. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's what I loved about him was the campiness of him. Um, because it's one of the things I love about Doctor Who from King Kong Escapes is he, that we don't get in to like the Toho Godzilla films and Toho monster films. We don't get the like outright villainous villains. You know, they're usually corrupt businessmen or corrupt politicians or, or you know, military men or something like that. And Doctor Who in that is just a a 
guy who wants to take over the world and that's like that's just his agenda um this guy is not quite at that level of just being a campy villain on that level but then he gets into the villain monologues and starts doing this whole thing and and like yes you can say that's a very dumb moment at the end when he starts monologuing but if you it felt like they did it on purpose because that's the type of villain he was well that was you know it was and this is what we were talking about earlier about this film being so self-aware uh after mechagodzilla becomes self after mechagodzilla itself comes becomes self-aware uh after the, after they upload the element from the hollow earth into mechagodzilla mechaga and then and then the ghost of king ghidorah takes over mechagodzilla and kills Ren Serizawa. Um, and then uh, after he smashes through the window, kills our lead villain, uh, Walter Simmons, you hear Bernie say, I really, I really want him to, sp I really wanted to hear the rest of that speech. Yeah. Um, and that <laughs> was, was I was, I, I genuinely laughed. Like there were moments in this movie, unlike King of the Monsters, that tried to be funny and didn't quite land. There were some, genuinely funny moments in this movie that I, that I laughed at. Yeah. And, and I, I think as far as like the, the negatives I have for this movie, I can nitpick some of the really weird, um, physics? like logic, you know, the fit, well, not just <laughs> physics, but like the logic, like, like, okay, we have the technology that can de defy a fundamental force of the universe gravity, mm -hmm. but yet we can't, power a giant robot <laughs> or 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 we're apparently just five minutes away from the center of the earth and they can't just they can't just send the little robot up with the physical element they have to they have to wi-fi or airplay it up to mechagodzilla right yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's it's such a there's so many logical things but this movie is so campy that i don't mind the logical is just like watching, you know, a King Kong escapes or, or some of the like uh, Godzilla versus guy Yeah. Who cares? It's, it's, it's crazy monster. Godzilla digs a hole to the center of the earth with his fire breath. Like, I don't really care about physics at this point and, and like logic. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I think we, I know we talked a little bit about, we talked a little bit about, hang on the, someone has decided to ride their motorcycle beside my window. Um, we talked about, uh, the hollow earth. So the war bats, Oh what yeah. You, like, what did you think about the war bats? Because they were teased in the trailer. Uh, and we, and I actually thought they were going to get more screen time than they did. Uh, but I was impressed with what we got. Yeah, I'm exactly, I'm right there with you. I was impressed with what we got. I thought they were really cool. I like the way they, they moved within the, the hollow earth. They, you know, they, in the trailer, they look like they're flying. I wonder how much they're flying and how much they're just like following Gliding. these, like, well, also following these like gravity wells that are in the hollow earth. Cause that's what the, the thing about the hollow earth is that gravity is being pulled in multiple directions so they're mm -hmm. just and so they're kind of like gliding along on that but yeah the way that they fight kong and just wrap around him and kind of try to smother him in the in this like cocoon type thing it's really great i thought it was a really great fight that's also another uh point where kong picks up the the tree and shoves it down the throat of, the, of one of them so we get that call back to 
uh, King Kong versus Godzilla in that moment too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think they're they're great. I think a lot of the creatures that were in the Hollow Earth were really fantastic, and I want to see more of them, especially yes. the one that everybody's referring to as Doug. Yes, Doug. We have to, <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about Doug, but let me just say we need we need a cartoon about we need a monsterverse cartoon, a kids a kids Saturday morning cartoon based around Doug. Doug is such a good boy. Doug is, is a good boy. He is the I goodest he, boy. I think Doug is even as an even better boy than even Manila. I think <laughs> Doug. I think Doug's a better boy than Manila. I'm throwing that out there. Uh, and if you don't know, and if anyone's confused by who Doug is, Doug is this little. Uh, is when Kong is is when Kong is galloping across the surface of Hollow Earth. These little crab creatures come up. Um, these little crab creatures come up out of the ground and then all of a sudden you just see this lizard, this little fat uh, stubby legged lizard just shoot across the screen and eat one of them. And he, and the, and the director took the, took his time to focus in on him for just a couple of seconds so he could smile for the camera. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Um, it's, I, I just, I, I would love to see, see yes, more. We of need more Doug hashtag. We need more we Doug. Need more Doug. More Doug. Um, so uh, before we finish off our main discussion, uh, I do want to talk about Mechagodzilla. Yeah. What did you think of the design of Mechagodzilla? I, you know, maybe I was, maybe I'd had my opinions clouded a little bit, like seeing all the toy leaks and stuff. But, and I, and I said, and I said, I think I even said it on the podcast. I was going to wait. I was going to wait until I saw Mechagodzilla in action before I reached a judgment. I liked it. I did not love it. Um, there was enough callback to 74 to satisfy me. And there was actually some even Heisei elements to it. Well, it's where there's Heisei Millennium and um, mm-hmm. and, Se- and Showa. Because basically this Mechagodzilla is what you would get if they fully explored the concept uh, in in uh, Kiryu where the spirit of the old Godzilla took over. So because because the, the, the ghost of King Ghidorah uh, took over Mechagodzilla to get his revenge on Godzilla in this movie. And I'm satisfied with it. It's not my favorite favorite it may grow it may be a case of it needs to just kind of grow on me over time um but i'm satisfied with it and and like just the way it moved it didn't necessarily fly but just it had little but it used its rockets and jet and its jets to just kind of maneuver around not necessarily right. fly, not necessarily fly but yeah, I like the uh, uh, what? Did you, what did Nathan call it? The atomic punch, where it yeah kind of channels that that hollow Earth energy, which is the same energy supposedly that Godzilla has to use like a Superman punch when it wants when he wants to punch Godzilla. I genuinely, uh, I genuinely was scared for Godzilla. After, oh yeah, when he when he was in battle with Mechagodzilla, and then there's that moment at the end of their well, what closer to the end of their battle, where, um, 
you know, where Mechagodzilla pries open the mouth of Godzilla and is getting ready to deliver the kiss of death, which is a reference to 2014, which I even saw Chris Gonzalez mention that it could even be a reference to 74 when Mechagodzilla pries open the mouth of Anguirus. But mm-hmm. when he was about to deliver the kiss of death, here comes Kong to save Godzilla. And I think just speaking for the Mechagodzilla character itself, I was a little bit worried that they weren't going to do it justice. Um, and I think they did. I, I'm like I said, I'm satisfied. It's not my favorite Mechagodzilla. It's it, but yeah, it, it works. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's not my favorite design overall, but I, I think it does work in the context of the movie. I think it's really it moves really well. I was worried about how it was going to move and function in the movie. Uh, the atomic punch. Somebody highlighted this on Twitter that the whenever you whenever the atomic punch hits and makes contact with Godzilla. Godzilla's body internal organs light up and you can see them through like you just to get a a hint, just a a glimpse. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. So it's actually like, it's actually like going into Godzilla and like affecting him. It's like, Ooh, hitting him right down to his internal organs and stuff. And so it's really packing a wallop. Um, The design of this, of this Godzilla is of this mecha godzilla i mean is really interesting because it looks very terminator-esque <laughs> yeah very it looks almost like a like a skeleton that you could put a skin over top of which is you know really interesting because the original 1974 godzilla that's what they did uh but they didn't do that in this movie but it looks like they could potentially actually do that in this movie so it looks very terminator-esque and i i like that did you like what did you think about the mecha godzilla reveal when he basically just filleted the skull crawler I thought that was awesome. That was just awesome. It shows how brutal this machine is and just cold hearted. This machine is that it could just slice through a, a, a kaiju like the skull crawlers with no hesitation, no, you know, effort at all. It was really, really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought so too, but you know, I, were you satisfied with the with the final battle, the th- the, the the team up that we all knew was coming? Uh, well, the sort of team up that we all knew was coming, um, which I don't know. Well, no, it wasn't sort of. It was a team up because they did help each other. Because there yeah. is that moment. There is that moment where Kong, where Kong has one arm, Godzilla has the other arm, and they just they work in tandem to ram Mechagodzilla's face. Into yeah, a- and. And even when Gia is talking to Kong and trying to convince him to go and fight, Gia, you know, he's like, at first, he's like, nah. And then Gia's like, no, Godzilla's not your enemy. That, and then she points at Mechagodzilla, that is your enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, so yeah, there definitely is a team up. I was satisfied with the final fight. I think it was really good. Um, I like that Kong, like they, they definitely work in tandem because then uh, Godzilla charges up Kong's axe for that final blow to just take out Mechagodzilla's head and slice it off. And then Kong holds it up in the air and just, you know, roars. And it's just, yeah. And see, it's, I, it's, I saw a lot of people online complain about that. Why would they have Kong kill Mechagodzilla? Because Mechagodzilla is, is, is Godzilla's enemy. But you have to think though, uh, you know, Kong, this is Kong's movie and Kong right. needed to, Kong needed to go on his hero's journey. 
for this yeah. movie. Like he and was, Kong still he, wouldn't have done it without Godzilla's help. So they both no. defeated him. It's it's not Pretty one much. or the other. They both did it. Just one yeah, did it gave not, the final blow. If it was not, yeah, if it was not for, I don't care who gave the final blow. That does not matter to me. Right. Uh, the the fact that you know Kong was in trouble. Kong was getting ready to be killed by Mechagodzilla. Godzilla shot his atomic breath at the axe, charged it up because we we already like you had that little moment early on in the movie where. Um, Kong notices that the axe can be charged by Godzilla's breath. And so that was sort of that, that, that precursor to that moment. And, you know, it was sort of like a, like a, like a, a, a two, a one, two punch. Like you got, you got Godzilla who powers the axe and then Kong who delivers the blow. And then you got Kong who rips the head off of Mechagodzilla, which was, I mean, which is a, which is not uncommon for a Mechagodzilla in the franchise because 74, both 74, uh, both versions of 74 got his head ripped off in the movie. So mm -hmm. another yeah. little Easter egg there for you, I thought. But overall, I enjoyed the battle. Are you satisfied with the way it, the way the act, the, the way the interaction between Godzilla and Kong ended? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I thought it was satisfying how they just basically came to this understanding of you stay on top, I stay on the on the uh, you know in the uh, center of the earth, and we both rule our own individual kingdoms. Yeah, because I, you got that moment where you know Kong just looks at the like Kong stands up and confronts Godzilla, thinking like I don't really like. You can see it's like I don't really want to do this again. Can mm -hmm. we stop this? And then Kong just looks at his axe and drops it. And just to say, I don't want to fight you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instead of like, I kind of expected a sort of just a little snort or just a, like a huff from Godzilla, like a, a huff of acknowledgement, but we really didn't even get that. Uh, we kind of yeah. got that screw you uh, for causing me so much trouble. Now I'm going to go take a nap. Look mm -hmm. from Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to Mechagodzilla though, I really like the payoff with King Ghidorah's head. Like yes. we know that, that at least one of the, the heads from King Ghidorah survived in the, you know, and we saw it in the post-credit scene for King of the Monsters. Uh, and so getting the payoff for that and all I could think of was like, look what they did to my boy, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's yeah. If you think about it, and this is what I was talking about with uh, with Nathan. There's technically four Mechagodzilla heads because there was one in there was one or Ghidorah yeah, heads four four Ghidorah heads. There yeah. was one in there was one in Mechagodzilla. There was one they were using for the um, um, the controls, and then there and there's two more out there somewhere. Like, does Alan Jonah still have the other one? And then the, where's the where's the last hit? I don't. Did it get vaporized? We don't know. Um, but I really did like. I, I'm I'm with you, Travis. I I really did like the little payoff of of the of the King Ghidorah head. And even when they upload the element from Hollow Earth into the system of Mechagodzilla, you can hear Ghidorah's roar. Mm -hmm. um, charging up Mechagodzilla, which is great, I thought. And even when Mechagodzilla roars, you can hear King Ghidorah just a little bit um, in it to kind of give you that, like, oh, this is the ghost of King Ghidorah coming back for his revenge, the, the revenge of Kevin. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was well done.
honestly. There's not really a whole lot else I can say except for the little Easter egg that we got um, in it. And you can't really see it in the, you can't really see it in the movie, but for like a split second. But in the production photos, the behind the scene photos, the brain that's powering that controls uh, mm-hmm. where Dr. Sarazawa sits looks exactly like a zillion ship. Oh, yeah. Huh. I didn't even notice that. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs in here, and we can we can get into some of the Easter eggs. I don't really want to spend a long time talking about Easter eggs. Um, I do like that there was some Jaws references in here uh-huh, uh, yeah. during the boat the boat uh, fight. That was really cool. Um, I one of the reasons why I'm so disappointed that Kyle Chandler did not spend a lot of time in this movie is the fact that Kyle Chandler has been in, in multiple King Kong movies and multiple Godzilla movies now. And I just love, and he's also been in like the day the earth stood still and stuff. So, and um, super eight. So his like career path went from being television guy, coach, dad to now being the guy who just stares at strange monsters and marvels at them <laughs> and it's like that's great like if you're if, if my career path took any direction that would be the direction i would want it to go <laughs> exactly. and so so uh, and also the fact, you know, even though Lance Reddick only got a, a small look in in this movie, like we talked about, the fact that he this is his second Godzilla film that he was in because he was also in the 1998 Godzilla. So uh, so this is his second Godzilla. So we've got we've got people who are like veterans of Godzilla, King Kong and other giant monster movies in this movie. And I think that's great. Um, any other Easter eggs you want to talk about real quick before we get into uh, some did of I mentioned did I let's see? I wrote a few down. Uh, there's the Easter, there's a little Easter egg between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla, uh, because in every Godzilla and Mechagodzilla movie, when they fire their atomic breath at each other, they sort of meet in the middle and it becomes that opposing force, um, between the two, which I thought was really cool there. I think I mentioned earlier, but I'm not sure, um, the, um, the Denim University, uh, from Carl Denim, uh, oh, yeah. King Kong 33, yeah. Um, plus um, level 33 was where level 33 uh, yeah. sector 76 King Kong 76 that's what Godzilla or Godzilla that's what King Kong destroys at the at the beginning of the movie when he throws the tree mm-hmm. um, we talked about the we talked about the um, the 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 bone the end of the axe into Godzilla's mouth which is a reference to 62 the Doctor Who references the the King Kong escapes references I mean there's just a lot of little Easter eggs and I'm sure that there's a ton of stuff we can't even pick up on uh, without mm. watching this movie a few other times um, one thing I was a little bit confused about was you know how they you know how they name all of the containment units after whatever year. Uh, that monster debuted like um, uh, let's see Rodan's was outpost 56 mm-hmm. uh, got uh, castle Bravo was uh, outpost 54 um, right. and but I don't understand what outpost 236 the con the Kong containment I don't know what I don't know if there's any significance to that number so that would kind of break that streak I've asked a few people, uh, including our friend Danny DeManna at the Godzilla Novelization Project, if he knows, and he doesn't know of anything that that's a reference to, so it may just be a throwaway number because they've already used Outpost 33 uh, for Kong. Right, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that, that is a reference to. I'd like to know if anybody knows. Uh, let us know. Um, send us a, a tweet at Kaiju Weekly or send us an email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. Let us know. And I and I can't be sure, again, like I think we mentioned it earlier, I can't be sure. Maybe someone can tell me, uh, did Godzilla laugh at Kong? Did you hear like, her, her, her. Uh, did you hear that? Or I don't know. And then, um, and I can't tell if, if Mechagodzilla was humming the Godzilla theme when he first confront, when he first confronts Godzilla or if he was laughing too. Uh, mm. I think he was laughing, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'll have to go back and watch it. I tried to listen for it, but I can't tell if some people say that he's, he's humming the, uh, dun, dun, dun. Uh, and I hear him just going, ha, 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 to, to Godzilla. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Oh, that is something we didn't talk about was the music. I, I do want to real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. Um, the music is not as memorable in this as it was in King of the Monsters. I will say that. It hits when it hits. It hits when it, it hits. hits. When, it hits when it hits. It hits where it needs to. Uh, the score, I thought, worked for this movie. And I, this is something that people were disappointed out disappointed in as well was you know this is not king of the monsters king of the monsters was a lightning in a bottle moment with bear mccreary um mm. and i was hoping we would get some of those things in this movie but we didn't but what we got worked and i'm satisfied with it now one thing i'm really that i really enjoyed was the the extra music that they used for uh kong pulling yeah. songs from elvis presley the the mm -hmm. um, the Hollies, uh, that opening scene when Kong wakes up and, and then he goes and he scratches his butt and then he runs and takes a shower in the waterfall and they reminded me so much of the opening to Shrek. Like it is, <laughs> yeah. it is beat for beat. It yes. is. It, somebody needs to do a supercut because it, beat for beat. That is the opening to Shrek <clears throat> without yes. the, the smash mouth song. <laughs> like it is such a it's so so all i could think of was somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me <laughs> oh man oh another easter egg that we got kind of um was john goodman's voice uh at the yep. beginning opening credits uh talking about um skull island and everything mm -hmm. because he was from uh kong skull island he was in that movie so uh good to know that we get a little bit of uh, voiceover work from him. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, there's, there's a million Easter eggs and I'm sure each time we watch this movie, there'll be more Easter eggs to talk about. We'll definitely, you know, we'll probably be talking about this movie for, for months and months and weeks and weeks. And, and, yeah. and, but before I'm, I'm really interested now, Travis, before, before, you know, before we, you know, try to wrap up here, uh, we had a lot. We, I think you, you pulled a lot of like some of the fan reactions. Yes. And that's what movie. I was, I actually recorded my cousin's, uh, initial reactions to watching this movie for the first time. So I'm going to insert that little clip right here. Hello everybody. Uh, this is Travis. I'm here with my cousin all the way in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, we are talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Yes, the Sonic fan talking about Godzilla. That makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Well, I mean, we're all we're all fans of different things, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it's so, okay to love them both. Yeah, exactly. So I saw the movie last night. You have not seen the movie yet, right? No. Okay, so this is going to be your first time. So before we watch the movie together, 
and we're watching it on HBO Max. I wanted to ask you, what are your expectations going into it? Are they high? Are they low? What do you... Okay. I'm expecting it to be better than Godzilla 1994, but not as good as King of the Monsters. The 98 one, you mean? The... Yeah, the 2019. Which happens to be my favorite Godzilla movie of all time, so I don't think anything is going to top that. Oh, okay. Alright. Who do you... Just real quick, who do you hope will win, and who do you expect to win? Are they the same? Godzilla and Godzilla. Alright. Alright, so that's... uh, We just wanted to get some initial thoughts here before we watch the movie. Now we're going to watch the movie. We've got our snacks. We've got our drinks. Now we're going to load up HBO Max. We're going to watch it, and we'll come back when we finish watching it. So we are back, and you watched Godzilla vs. Kong now. I fell asleep. Uh, (laughs) Not because it's boring, but just because I have had a long couple of days. Uh, So, what did you think? It was great. It lived up to my expectations. So, what do you think, or, or what is your favorite part? The parts with Mechagodzilla. The parts with Mechagodzilla. Oh yeah, you're really uh, you, you're a fan of Mechagodzilla, aren't yes. you? He is my favorite kaiju period from any kaiju series, which admittedly is not a lot, but still. However, here's the thing about Mechagodzilla: every movie he's in has never been one of my favorites. I love him in it. It's just that the movies themselves, they're not as good as others. Mm-hmm. Finally, this broke that. This is the exception now. This is one of my favorite Godzilla movies, and I guess Kong movies. <laughs> so, uh, where would you put this in the ranking as far as, like, well, let's go with just the the Monsterverse movie. So you have uh, Godzilla 2014, you have Godzilla King of the Monsters, you have Kong Skull Island, and this. Where, how would you rate them? So my ranking for those four movies is at the bottom, we have Kong Skull Island. Number three is Godzilla 2014, which is the first Godzilla movie I ever watched. You didn't need to know that, I just felt like saying it. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the middle is Godzilla vs. Kong. Okay. And number one is King of the Monsters, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, so yeah, it was never going to surpass that. <laughs> so was there anything that really like surprised you in the movie? Was there uh, something that just like made you go, "Whoa, I did not expect that." How boring the villain is. <laughs> Talking about the the human, the, the yeah, the human villain. I was expecting him to just stroke his mustache <laughs> about how generic he is. Which and this is coming from a Mario and Sonic fan, so I pretty much love generic villains. However, this guy was so generic that he could put Bowser to shame. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of uh, them using uh, Ghidorah's skull to oh, power? Yeah, that was cool. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I interpreted it as Ghidorah controlling Mechagodzilla. I think it was. It's open to where you could interpret it that way. Um, I like the idea that you know, like, like Ghidorah, you know, fighting back and taking over Mechagodzilla. I think it could be taken either way as Mechagodzilla just you know having a mind of its own or Ghidorah taking over. 
so because they don't actually like explicitly say one way or the other. Um, so it's like the did Anguirus die or not debate of the Monsterverse, right? Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the? So I know you said the 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 villain sound uh, was kind of boring. What about the other human characters? What do you think of them? So people say you do not watch. Godzilla for the human characters and for the Japanese movies with the exception of the first maybe and versus Gigan due to hilarity <laughs> and I'd have to agree with that statement however as well as the MonsterVerse all of the MonsterVerse movies have had really good human characters maybe it's because I'm biased for the MonsterVerse admittedly but all of them they have been great characters from 2014 all the way to now. And I like the return of the King of the Monsters one. I know I'm a massive fan of King of the Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of the, the Hollow Earth stuff? That was really cool. It kind of reminded me of Super Mario Galaxy. Yes, the Mario and Sonic fan is, refer yes. is referencing those series again. They expect this from me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that with the different gravity stuff and jumping around. Yeah, that was really, yeah. I can see that. That's really cool. Uh, so, was there anything that you were disappointed in in the movie, or do you think it was just good all the way through? Well, I already mentioned the villain. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Mega Godzilla's design is something of a point I was disappointed by a little bit because oh, really, like, it's not a terrible design. It's just my least favorite. Which, okay, so that. the least favorite Godzilla paradox is not fully away. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, and one last thing. Uh, do you think there'll be any more of these movies, of these MonsterVerse movies? Or do you think this is like a good place to end it? I say it hasn't gotten started. <laughs> There's still so much they could do. All right. Well, thank you so much for recording with me for this little bit. Uh, it's really nice to be able to actually have you on the podcast and be a part of this. <laughs> All right. And uh, and yeah, we also got some other feedback from other people. We asked what everybody's opinions were. So I'm going to read out some some of the tweets that we got from everybody on what their thoughts for this movie are. And so I'm going to start with our friend. Uh, and and supporter of the podcast, Damon Noise, uh, which I always say no yes, but uh, Noise, uh, he said, finished GVK, initial thoughts, some of which are the wife's, uh, his wife's, uh, nice to have a decisive winner, Madison's stories uh, seem truncated, deleted scenes maybe? Uh, ASL Kong is best Kong, yes, absolutely agree with you, Damon, uh, needs more Hollow Earth, uh, and then he says, this was obviously a Skull Island sequel, and rightly so, in my opinion. Uh, Godzilla got 2014 and King of the Monsters. Kong got Skull Island and this one. If this is the end of the MonsterVerse, I'm content. If there's more, <laughs> bonus nachos. My ranking, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla King of the Monsters, GVK, and G2014. Uh, so thank you, Damon, for sending that in. 
And then we also got from Kaiju Kim. The monster action was phenomenal. Interesting take on Mechagodzilla. Human characters were okay for the most part. I personally would have liked more screen time for Godzilla, but at the same time, I enjoyed following Kong on his journey. Overall, 7 out of 10. And if you want a more <laughs> detailed uh, breakdown of Kaiju Kim's initial thoughts on this movie after watching it for the first time, go check out her YouTube channel uh, because she posted a video of her and her fiance uh, mm. after watching this movie and their reactions, and they gave a Godzuki score, yay, uh, for the movie <laughs> in that video. It was it was so great, it's so great. So we love you, Kim, and we're so glad that uh, that you enjoyed this movie. Yep. Uh, one of the other one of the other reactions we got was from Zimzilla, uh, our friend Nathan, um, and he wrote uh, it was a sol- it was a solid action film with a, with decent dialogue. Uh, with decent dialogue is the characters that are uh, with care. I'm assuming what this meant to say with characters that are that are passable. Uh, but this should be the last MonsterVerse film. Uh, driven purely off spectacle. The universe has opened up now. Explore those concepts. And I'm assuming he means uh, the hollow earth, like some of the hollow earth stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, This uh, he's basically saying that the, the hollow earth and the things that we got from there, we can explore that. But as far as like the big spectacle, you know, purely spectacle movie, uh, this this is the conclusion of that, and so we need to just kind of like go into more other in other directions, uh, explore those other concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Shriver also sent in a tweet. He said, "Me and the girlfriend both had the thought of why does this geologist slash cartographer slash author know how to operate a prototype heave? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's movie magic, Matt. Movie, movie magic." magic. And movie magic. Oh, and that's one little Easter egg we forgot to mention. Uh, the way they like in the movie, in the in the Kong essentially Godzilla essentially leaves Kong for dead. That is not mm-hmm. hyperbole. Uh, so they know they notice that Kong is dying. His heart is slowing, and it's Gia that points that out because she can feel his heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, the way they uh, get Kong back is they take one of the heaves and use it as. Um, um uh shoot what is the thing we go clear yeah that's a uh, defibrillator Uh, yeah defibrillator there we go they use it as just a big defibrillator uh which was really well done instead of giving kong lightning powers they give they use lightning to restart his heart yeah yeah they just electrocute him (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was it was great it is it is a great callback to the fact that kong was powered up by lightning in yes. the in uh 62 mm-hmm. um we also got a response from raul gunasakara gunasakara I, okay. I don't i'm guessing that I don't we're know sorry raul if we butchered that but yeah. yeah um but he said the ideas the film presents are something i thought i'd never see in a hundred years whether it's godzilla and kong's relationship uh how the filmmakers depict the hollow earth and the presence of spoilers Mecha Godzilla uh, is baffling to me. Godzilla versus Kong is special for that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's I, I kind of feel the same way. It's like this is everything my little six-year-old heart, who Godzilla loving heart, wanted. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's see. Our friends at Monsters versus Men, which is Eric that runs. I think Eric is the one who runs this account after a long. 
sort of sharing his thoughts about the movie, he ends with this. With all that said, I do believe there's more nuance to this discussion. It's not an either or. I don't believe that the humans are all that. I don't believe the humans always have to be the emotional conduit of a giant of giant monster films because at times the monsters take on human emotion, which is what we get to, which is what we see in GBK, which is uh, you know sort of what we were talking about earlier, where you know the monsters are the stars of this show. You know, yeah. uh, Godzilla and Kong show enough emotion that you could believe um, that. Uh, they are the the main driving characters of this movie. So thanks, Eric, for that. Uh, Sean McGinnis, who did the cover of Kaiju Ramen Number One, uh, he just sent a gift that sent. He just sent a, a meme that just simply said, "I liked it. I didn't love it," which seems to be the uh, seems to be the over seems to be the consensus from a lot of the fan base. Yeah, yeah, and and it's ter- perfectly fine. You know, if you did not like this movie, as and I know, I I hate that I'm saving this all the way to the end after after what a two and a half hour you know cramming about this movie. Uh, but if you are the type of person who did not like this and you don't agree with our takes on it, that's perfectly fine. Not everyone's going to enjoy every single Godzilla yeah. movie, and not everybody's going to enjoy every single Kong movie, and that's yeah. perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I think there's a broader discuss. I think there's a broader discussion that needs to be had, though. And this is something I was talking with Jack from the Drift Space about, <clears throat> G-Man, and um, I am t- I'm I'm tempted, and I'm kind of curious as to how I would do it. I'm tempted to bring back my podcast, the Kaiju Groupie podcast and ask and have a discussion and simply ask the question, what do you want? Because it seems like, you know, fans have been asking for a certain thing and then they get the thing that they thought they wanted, but now they don't want it anymore. Right. And I think it's a discussion that's worth having that we don't have time for here, but that's one that I think, uh, could be brought up in the future is like, what do Godzilla fans really expect and want from these movies? Right. Uh, we, and, and I think it goes back to like what we were talking about, how this franchise, the Godzilla franchise in general is, it's so flexible that you can get those ones that have like really great exploration of characters and the human condition and anxieties and everything using giant monsters to tell that story. And then you also have the kind of silly fun Godzilla digs a hole to the center of the earth with his fire breath. Uh, And, and I think that if you are the type of person who enjoys the Shin Godzilla's, the the Godzilla fifty fours, the you know the ones that are the more exploration of the human condition and mm-hmm. and uh, and stuff like that. That maybe this this movie didn't hit as well for you, and you didn't enjoy it as much, and that's perfectly fine. The yeah. the the discussion we had at the beginning, and and really my opinion on the whole matter is. The problem that I have is when people feel like that's a requirement for a Godzilla movie. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, that's not a requirement for it. The only thing required for a Godzilla movie is to have Godzilla in it. Pretty like, much. That's that's the only requirement. Everything else is everything else is sort of fungible. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything else, like everything just make you know makes it what it depends on what type of movie you want to make, whether you want to make a, a really serious drama or a political satire or a or a right. fun romp or a you know exciting adventure. It just depends. Um, yeah. so I I'm not I don't have anything against people who did not like this because they wanted more. And if they wanted more out of this movie, totally get it. 
I just think that I have an issue with people who were saying that if it doesn't have this, it's not a good movie. And I think right. that's that's the problem I have. I don't like that. Yeah. But I'm not saying Sean's like that. Sean, you know, we love Sean. No, Sean, Sean's not. No, I, I think yeah. I, that's just, I, I think Sean, Sean's a, Sean's a good person. I don't, and there's. Yeah, it just, his, his comment just opened the way for us to have that little discussion pre, there. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, one, you know, I know all, a lot of the complaints that are coming in from this movie are about the human characters, which kind of leads into another comment that we got from uh, Sam Goji Crow. Um, and they just simply said, I liked it overall. My only complaints uh, were some of the pacing was some of the pacing and uh, a few of the human uh, character issues, uh, a few of the character issues. So I'm assuming what he's talking about is the human character issues, which right. we've already kind of covered here. Um, but we got a really interesting and thoughtful take on yes. the entire matter. Yeah. That from I think, from Dan, from revised from, Dan, from uh, Dan. And I wanted to really highlight this because, uh, and he didn't send this directly to us. This is just him posting on Twitter, but, but I really wanted to read this out because this is such a fantastic breakdown of this. And I, I retweeted it on my, on our Twitter, on the Kaiju weekly Twitter, because I think this is just such a fantastic take on everything. Uh, and it kind of goes along with what we were saying. Uh, the best thing about the monster verse being so diverse is there will be something for everyone. And also these are brilliant stepping stones for new fans. I got properly into Godzilla after 14. Uh, and I can't help, but think some kid is going to watch GVK and deep dive and dive deep. Uh, he says, and that's awesome because they will learn, grow to love the, the suitmation and the depth, the nuance and the fun of the Toho films. They will see GVK as their first step into a new experience and perspective. To me, that's awesome. And it's happening to more and more kids every day. The Godzilla franchise at its heart is among the most dynamic franchises going. There is a film for everyone and that should be celebrated. Every single person will love at least one of these films and by extension, the character. So yeah, I really enjoy GVK. I will totally get why someone wouldn't, but there's kids out there, new fans who just discovered Godzilla and they will search the web for pirated copies of the old films, spend hours on Wikizilla, draw Godzilla fighting a giant robot. And that's rad. And I absolutely think that is one thing that we need to remember is that whether we as 30 40 50 whatever year old fans watching this movie whether we liked it or not the fact that there are kids out there who are watching this and this is their first exposure to Godzilla and then they're going and 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 exploring other Godzilla movies the Toho movies and I, and I I talk about like we heard from from my my cousin who gave his initial reactions to this his first Godzilla movie that he ever watched was Godzilla 2014 now he has gone back and I've been with him and watched most of the Godzilla movies with him, all of the Toho movies. He's almost completely watched every single Toho Godzilla movie. Yeah. And, and he loves all of them to a different degree, but he still just loves, you know, he loves King of the Monsters as his favorite. And he even yeah. mentions that in the clip that we played. And, here, and here's, here's my only hot take that I will make about this movie or about the, the discussion around this movie to me. And, and this is, and my opinions have shifted a lot, especially in the last few days, because I've seen some just ugly stuff online and, and what, and just some really petty stuff online for no apparent reason. It does not matter 
what the Ed Jodica, Jed, Ed uh, Godicheskis, the Steve Rifles, the uh, Bob Eggletons, those old guard fans, it does not matter what they think about this movie. The only thing that matters is what you think about this movie. If mm-hmm. you like this movie, if you enjoyed this fun, if you enjoyed watching Godzilla versus Kong and can enjoy it for what it is and it made you a fan, that's all that matters. Do not listen to people that just want to complain and moan and and some of the and I will and I've complained about the Toho purists before that say if it's not Toho it if it's not Toho it sucks. That's that that to me is BS. And you probably need to to check where your you probably need to check your heart on that because like what Dan said, it does not like these films have made brand new fans over the last few years. And and really that's what this whole thing's about. So, you know, that's my hot take. The old guard guys that have been around for 30 plus years, their their viewpoints are important, but they're not the be all end all. And what they say ultimately does not matter. The only thing that matters is what you think about this movie. Yeah. Whether if you liked it, you liked it. If you didn't, that's fine. There's plenty of other movies in the Godzilla franchise that you probably do enjoy. So that's and that's really the bottom line. So I think that needs to be our final thoughts on this movie is that because I don't think there's really anything else we can say that really puts a bow on it as well as that. But I do want to give even though we've gave our final thoughts already, I do want to give a Godzuki score. So. If anybody's not familiar, if you're listening to this episode, and I'm sorry that this episode might be your first exposure to Kaiju Weekly because it is a mega episode. It's super long. It's going to be like two hours and 45 minutes, if not over. The movie is the movie sh- way shorter than this episode. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but we we uh, like to rate our movies out of five Godzukis, which is Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the Hanna Barbera cartoon from the seventies, because we like to embrace the sillier side of giant monster movies, and so we use the great Godzuki as our yardstick for measuring these movies. Mm-hmm. And so, out of five. Godzukis. <laughs> How many Godzukis do you give Godzilla versus Kong from 2021? Michael? Oh, I have been stressing about this all day today. Um, so I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you, Travis, because I'm going to do the same. After I give my Godzuki score, I'm going to rank these movies since we're not giving our final thoughts. So okay. be, th- be thinking about that. Okay. Um, just the MonsterVerse ones, not the just the mon- no 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 just okay. the MonsterVerse ones. There's only out of the four films we got. I'm gonna rank. I'm gonna do my best to rank them because I've already been thinking about it. Okay, so for my Godzuki score, taking everything into consideration, the movie, the experience, just the 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 trek that we we literally, uh, I guess we could say we trekked to we we made the trek to Mecca Godzilla. Mm. Um, (laughs) the Godzilla Mecca. We, yeah. Uh, to watch this movie. So after, and and I've had time to watch it by myself and really evaluate it. And honestly, my opinion still stands. It is just as fun. It is just as, it was just as fun yesterday, seeing it for a third time as it was watching it in IMAX last Wednesday. So because of that, I'm going to give this film four point seven five out of five godzukis because i'm gonna knock it off a quarter point because of the humans because of some of the 
some of the lack of um, explanation and exploration of our of some of the human characters that we talk about. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the thing I didn't mention earlier, which is this isn't the first movie, the Godzilla movie, to have spectacle over substance. Yes. And, and, and it won't be the and, last either. And it won't be the last one to do that. Um, but I always say, bottom line, when you strip away everything else, no matter what, movies are entertainment. Yes, mm -hmm. they can be artistic. Yes, they can have messages. Yes, they can can experience, give you an experience and transport you to a world and a place that you've never known and show you things you would have never thought of. But bottom line is movies are meant to entertain. And if you are entertained, then the movie did its job. And yes. I was entertained I by was, this movie. Yes, very much. <laughs> and I promised that I would rank them. So here we go. Well, no, I haven't given my Godzuki score. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll do, we'll yeah. do your Godzuki score. We'll do your Godzuki score and then we'll rank and them. Then we'll rank them, yeah. Uh, so I give it a four out of five, just a solid four out of five. Okay. Because uh, I do think there were some issues with the characters. And, I, and there were issues with things cut that I think should have been left in. I think that the, the, the movie was very harshly edited and I think they should have been a little more relaxed editing. I don't think they, maybe not at the point of like the, not a four hour movie, like, like uh, the Snyder cut, but at least give us something more maybe two um, hours, maybe two hours, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, just something more. Uh, so that's why I give it a four out of five. Now let's, now let's rank them. Now let's rank them. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and, and Nathan was asking me about this earlier. Like, what was my ranking? I've been trying to keep it a little bit close to the best. Um, my number one movie in the MonsterVerse, Kong Skull Island. Okay. My number two movie in the MonsterVerse, GVK. My number three movie in the MonsterVerse is King of the Monsters. Number four is Godzilla 2014 and not because Godzilla 2014 is not a good movie. I watched it very recently. It's still a good movie, but I'm ranking these based on entertainment and story. And mm -hmm. I think that, I think that Kong Skull Island is solidly the best film of the MonsterVerse, and GVK is the most fun of the MonsterVerse. And so they, and that is why those films uh, are numbers one and two. So my final ranking, Kong Skull Island, um, Godzilla versus Kong, King of the Monsters, and then Godzilla 2014. Now I'm going to rate these not out of quality at all. I, I love all of these movies. I, I do. I really do. Um, I'm going to rate them just as a fan. Like I try to leave my fan side out when I'm trying to be more objective with my uh, reviews mm -hmm. of things. But when I'm ranking movies, I'm doing it just purely as a fan and purely as a fan. My number one movie from the MonsterVerse is King of the Monsters. Okay. Because like, despite all the problems, despite everything that everybody complains about that movie, I absolutely understand it is not a perfect movie, but it is everything that as a fan of Godzilla, I wanted since I was like four years right. old. And so it is my absolute favorite. Um, uh, number two, I would put Godzilla versus Kong 
because uh, it was this this movie again is so much fun. It is everything that as a fan I wanted, uh, and and I cannot ask you know I cannot I cannot expect it to be any more than what it was. And so I I it's my number two. Uh, my number three is. Godzilla 2014. I did love that movie. I, people had a lot of problems with it. I loved it when it came out in theaters. I saw that movie seven times in theaters. And every time that Godzilla used his atomic breath for the first time against the Mutos, I cheered and clapped. So, and people looked at me weird because it's like, okay, this is this movie's been out for like three months. Why are you still cheering and clapping? I don't care. Every time I was still cheering and clap. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. And then my the final one, the 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 number number four. Uh, is is Kong Skull Island, and it's purely because I'm not as big of a fan of Kong as I am Godzilla, so right. it's going to be lower on my list no matter what. <laughs> interesting nugget, interesting nugget about our viewing experience in IMAX. We had a rowdy crowd. Oh yes, uh, for the for the for that movie, uh, there were people cheering. There was people screaming Yelling. at the movie. Kick is Kong. Yeah. Um, and we and it actually uh, I looked behind us and it actually got a standing ovation from a couple of the rows. So uh, <laughs> yeah. there was a, it was a rowdy crowd for or for for Godzilla versus Kong when we watched the Nashville. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think that's good. Oh, and I also want to say, because I didn't ask him uh, when we were doing our, when I was uh, giving the uh, initial thoughts, when he was giving me his initial thoughts, but my cousin also scored the movie four out of five Godzookies. Okay. <laughs> I asked him after we stopped recording. Okay. And he good. told me. So, uh, yeah. So uh, we can move into real quick the mailbag segment. The mailbag. The mailbag. What's in the mail today? And if you want to send us a letter to be read out on the podcast, you can either do that by sending us an email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at kaijuweekly, like our friend Damon Noyes uh, did. And uh, I'm going to read out his uh, <laughs> his uh message that he sent us which was a response to uh us having the discussion of of you know ha exposing guests of the podcast to terrible movies that are really dumb and stuff and uh and and I wanted to read this out because next week I did the exact same thing. <laughs> I had a couple of guests on and we watched a movie that is really weird and I kind of felt bad, but they had fun with it. So I didn't feel so bad. Uh, but so Damon says, uh, feeling bad about having a friend guest host for a terrible movie. I know I'm not a friend, but bad monster flicks are my thing. Reptilicus is my unapologetic favorite. You know, just floating the possibility out there for the future. <laughs> he says, there's a, there's a sweetness to the pain of watching movies like attack of the killer tomatoes or equinox yes it can be a trial and squirmy but the ultimate joy of uncovering a gym buried in the trash makes the agony worth it and that's exactly how we felt during trash mountain kaiju quarantine 2 finding the little gems the little nuggets among all the trash oh man oh boy that was yeah I, thank you damon i've interacted with damon before uh, uh mm -hmm. And he's he's great, and he loves Reptilicus. Uh, I have a fondness for Reptilicus, probably not for the same reasons uh, 
Damon has. Uh, I have a fondness for it because it's just one of those schlocky, weird little movies um, that I grew up with. And yes, Damon, we will cover it. So uh, I'm not sure... I'm not sure if uh, if we have anybody as a guest for that one yet, but uh, we will strongly hey, consider it. I'm just telling Damon, be careful what you wish for, uh, saying that you're okay with watching schlocky films in, uh, on a podcast because we may put you on the Yeti episode. <laughs> oh no, no! <laughs> and I hear I hear off in the distance uh, Elijah screaming. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't get on that episode, I will kill somebody. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for sending that message in. Uh, yeah, he was really just making me feel better because I I still feel really bad for making AJ sit through Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Uh, I love it's Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but I just seeing how much AJ did not like that movie. I was like, Oh, I feel so bad. You were so nice enough to come on my podcast. And I made you go back and re-listen to that one. Just for fun now. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So uh again, if anybody wants to reach out to us, if you want us to read your letter on the podcast, be sure to email us kaijuweekly at gmail.com or tweet us at kaijuweekly and we will read it out on the podcast. And so to close out this episode, we're also going to ask the trivia question for next week's episode, which I already recorded. So if you send in an answer to this trivia question, I am sorry that you are not going to get a shout out, but the episode's already recorded, but you can still send it in to us and have fun with this question. Uh, the question is, what British giant creature film was based on a book by Mr. Peabody creator Ted Key? Hmm. So that's... Actually, uh, I have no idea. I wasn't, I'm not going to be on that episode, so I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, you missed this episode altogether uh, for a very good reason, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're continuing our left of center month. We we took a break from it, or, or you know, we're, we're, we didn't we're we're just now getting into it really because Godzilla versus Kong come out. We had to cover that. Now we're getting into our left of center. So now it's all going to be just weird stuff from here on out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we want to say thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly and at Kaiju Groupie Pod. That's me and Michael on Twitter. All the links to our social media, as well as for the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group, are listed in the description of this episode. You can send questions, comments, or answers to trivia questions to our email, kaijuweekly at gmail.com. A big thank you to everyone who has supported Kaiju Ramen Magazine so far. We are busy working on issue two. Issue two will be out by the end of this month, so... We are excited. It's going to be all Godzilla versus Kong themed. We're so happy. Uh, if you have supported us on Patreon, you've already gotten little hints at what we've got in store for this next issue. So it's just, yeah, we're really, really working hard on that. So looking forward to that. And if you want to find out more about the magazine, go check out the website, kaijuramenmagazine.com. And if you want to help support this podcast and get some nice bonus content, like we said, we post bonus content from the magazine, give you previews of the magazine. And also we do our bonus podcast, which is Godzilla versus the clickbait monster, where we cover clickbait articles from all across the internet. And Michael slowly dies inside as we discover how many times Gamera has appeared in the Godzilla franchise. 
and so yeah, if you want to get a shout out and you want to help us support uh, help support the podcast, and you also want to get all the bonus content, go check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash kaiju weekly pod. Yep. And Travis, one more thing. If they want to help support this podcast, they can go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Uh, say anything you want in the comment uh, of your review and just make it five stars worth and we will read it on a future episode of the podcast. And so uh, those ratings really help us out a lot. And what that's going to do is that's going to put this show in front of other kaiju tokusatsu kong and godzilla fans and even maybe reptilicus fans just like you uh and it's help it's going to help us just grow the show so that we can do more fun episodes and really long episodes just like this one yep and so to close out this episode we're going to say help <laughs> control the titan population have your uh, Doug, there we go. Have your Dugs spayed or neutered. Now, why would you want to neuter that good boy? Because we don't want a bunch of little Dugs running around. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys.